this Monday evening. I have not been Monday. filling uh, my car with junk like someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I've got stuff to do. Trailers to fill with trash. Things to throw away. So Yes. Yeah, lots to do this autumn. Um, it's not just heresy, but if you wanted to, you could uh, paint heresy for a lifetime because there's loads of it out there. Oh, there's so much heresy going on. Yeah. I feel like I feel like a, a supported game for once, not having to wait for like ages for FAQs or models and releases. There's stuff happening yeah. every week. Yeah. You remember like a year ago when Plastic Heresy was a pipe dream and we were never oh. going to get more than a single okay. tactical okay. unit? Okay, pictures <laughs> on the internet and no one dared dream the dream. Yeah, so but now it's here. It's here and it's big and uh, as you wrote in, in our chat, Basically, like every unit has a plastic release yep. in the basic book. Yeah, uh, like we used to have this segment. Now we haven't recorded in a long while, but if we record once a month or every six weeks or so, we could just go to the Forge World site and be like, yeah, there's a Praetor yeah. or two released, maybe some turrets for a tank no one really is interested in. Now it's like raining plastic. Yeah, shoulder pads. Yeah. Helmets. Everything. Yeah. So uh, just a quick catch up. I mean, mostly because if there's something our listeners maybe don't know, just like us, is exactly what is released. But it feels like you can pretty much build a complete Legion Army bar fast attack choices, like there's no land feeders or bikes in plastic yeah. yet. Um, maybe soon. Maybe soon. No dreadnought drop pods, which would be a boon for the world if they ever released them in plastic <laughs> and not resin. Yeah, how long has it, has it been out of production or is it back in production now? Nobody knows, nobody wants to know. Please no. never make it <laughs> again. No, so... Uh, we will. Uh, be, we are able to build uh, all kinds of units with a little bit of effort and some upgrade kits, and loads of different tanks. Not just rhinos and land raiders and spartans from transport, but some uh, some of the nitier options as well with yeah. the sicrons and the kratos. The sicrons and kratos. Yeah, I, I'd love to see a, a kratos in real life. Just to I see I, how massive it is. I think you're gonna see at least one or two at Scandus, I'm guessing. Yes, I've seen I've seen some on, on my my side of the, uh, the event at least. So there, uh, for that there has been quite a lot of uh, upgrade kits released for the different legions. Yeah, I think it was like war leader stuff and nothing stuff this week or something. Yeah, and they've been on varying quality, let's say. Oh, tell me more. Have you missed the Space Wolf memes this time around? <laughs> uh, I actually made a Space Wolf meme, but I mean, that, that's not anything new. I mean, all the Space Wolf releases have been bad. 
Yeah. So, so I don't count that as uh, news really. This one was uh, slightly better than the banana pelts, but. Uh, banana pelt upside down ball first. Yeah, not that bad, but not much better either. But uh, a lot of them has been quite good. They are not the most inspiring, but there's some good head options and some nice shoulder pads, which is yeah. Good I got some some dark in your heads. At least I have plenty of uh, torsos, but the the heads uh, I got the new upgrade kit. Uh, there's only like the unhelmeted head that's really something unique, I think. But yeah. it's good to have something to spice up. The regular kits with. Yeah, it's a good spice for the regular kits. It's not that inspiring, but for that there is always the the resin. If there's one yeah. thing I'm gonna complain about with the plastic line is that it's it quickly gets almost as expensive as the resin line for not quite as good quality, to be honest. Yeah, there's be it's better quality than it would have been a few years ago, for sure, but. It's mostly that, that for the amount of money they want for the upgrade kits, I would love them to throw in some more bits and bobs, not just heads and yeah. shoulder pads. Like the, yeah. the yeah, old... Like the 40k ones. The 40k ones have more stuff on them, and you don't want that stuff for 30k, but you know what I mean. For the salamanders, yeah. you want some uh, break scales and things to break yeah. on your guys. That would Maybe be some a... chains for your war leaders, some books for your board bearers. Exactly. Uh, Plate skin for the Night Lords. Don't have to go overboard, but it's easy to do cool stuff for the Legions. But man, I'm 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 fine with all the plastic releases. Nothing has been outstandingly bad, bar the space pads. Uh, yeah, it's something a bit uninspired. Like I'm not a huge fan of the Kratos. It's an upscale Sikran that nobody asked for, which is like okay, fine. Don't really see the reason why we need this, but here it is, and it's it's not a bad looking tank, so yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean it always gets someone excited. I mean I I've never built a Sikran or felt the need to build a Sikran tank. I I don't find them that inspiring at all. But I mean people have been going crazy over Sikran chassis before, so I'm guessing at least a few people are happy about the Kratos. Yeah. But I think neither of us is a tank head either that wants to collect no. a full tank army. If you are that, then it's a different world. So, yeah. To each their own, but the whole plastic range being available in store makes the game itself so much more accessible if you want to pick oh, it yeah. up. Because even if you have to convert, you always needed to do that. And it is cheaper now, and you don't have to wait for stuff to arrive from Forgeworld, and it's not in resin, which can be a bother to work with. You can buy your plastic kit and start converting, smashing up like with chaos kits and removing all the chaos stuff, making some really cool conversions. We'll talk about that when we talk about the Dreadwing Army that won Best in Show at our recent event, yeah. for example. You can start doing that by just taking a 15-minute walk to your store. You don't have to wait months for stuff to arrive from Brexit country. True, true, true. So that that's great. I'm not going to say anything about 
that. Uh, what I am going to say, I don't know if you have read the Mechanicum book yet. Uh, I haven't. I've only heard uh, through the grapevine that there's been some, some issues. Yeah, uh, I think they made a great choice in not making Knights and Mechanicum better than Marines, but uh, yeah. on the other hand, I'm not fine with them giving it a third of the effort of a single <laughs> legion, it feels like. Yeah, it's it's really underwhelming in the amount of thought that went to it, into it compared to the legion ah. stuff. Having seen it in play, it's like, yeah, it's fine, but it's obviously filler. It's not as well thought out as the other stuff? No, and I'm, I can see why when most of the classic stuff is legions and all this is uh, is for the collectors kind of, but, but still, knights is like, there are plastic knight kits that used to have rules in 30k yeah. that no longer have rules in 30k, mm. which is just bad policy for GW. Not that a lot of people played with those big plastic knights in Heresy, but... And they're not in the like legacy PDF either? No, they just don't want our money. It's kind of oh, okay. It's a that, weird. That doesn't sound like GW. Yeah. Oh, that very much sounds like GW. <laughs> like, here's my money. I don't want it. <laughs> Just throw it at our app instead. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but what is your um, summary of the plastic releases uh, this far? Are you feeling inspired? Uh, <laughs> Uh, when it came out, and I have so much stuff that I don't really feel like I need to buy more. But having the option to, if I want to buy a Grand or maybe a Kratos or something like that, for it to be in plastic. Oh, I bought a Leviathan in plastic. That was pretty fun to Ooh. put together. Yeah. I, it, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be, but it was definitely better than having to put one together for resin. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I have enough stuff for my old armies, so, but I'm completely fine not being the target for this release and being like, yeah. if I start another legion, I'm really happy this stuff is here. And if I ever feel like I need a Leviathan, which I would love to have for my Alpha Legion, but I don't think my color scheme is gonna work with such a big model and my black shields, don't have rules currently, so uh, ah, yeah. So it is more that, uh, and I have enough stuff that I can be painting for many years to come without buying more. So it's I'm the problem is in TW in this case. The problem is me <laughs> and my hoarding tendencies. So yes, same uh, same here. Yeah, but it is really nice to have uh, plastic vehicles and dreadnoughts available if you feel like you want to add to an army. That's uh, that's what we wanted and it's really great to s talk about heresy to people and get them hyped to start an army and having yeah, them and able the, the to go into to the store entry, and do it. The barrier to entry has been lowered significantly. Yeah, which is like what the hobby needs is not more stuff for you and me. We have enough stuff already. What the hobby needs is more people getting easy yes. access to heresy stuff. Um, 
easy access to the rules is also fine. Like that's sadly a downgrade because the red book was <laughs> really available. Now, yeah, it's well, it's not worse, but it's it's uh, sadly more expensive than it used to be. To be yeah, honest. and the the book is a bit uh, convoluted. Yeah, it's not uh, well written. It's not, op it's not optimal. No, it could have used at least one more round of revisions, probably two. Yes. And it could yes. need someone like Alan Black with a concerted vision. And it's very much obvi it's very obvious that it's uh, designed by committee. Yes. Which has its uses, but also its flaws. But <clears throat> let's move on, Jens, to yeah. the other big topic, because we haven't talked in a long while, and Black Library has not let up on the Heresy Plane. They have not. Have and you I been keeping up? I, I usually keep up with like the big releases, but you always tell me, like, oh, there was this short story released, and I have no fucking clue. <coughs> if you tell me what was being released, then I'll tell you if, uh, if I read it or not. I, I haven't gone and checked all the short stories and stuff like that. I have been keeping up with the Primarch series, though, which isn't like, yeah. mainline. And Mortarion was released recently. I wonder if I read that. I can't even remember. I think it was like two, one or two weeks ago. Oh, then I haven't read it. No, I think most people have missed it because there's been a lot of big releases from UW and Black Library, like Squats are back, Heresy releases five new plastic kits every week and yeah. the mainline series is two books away from completion now. Both by Dan yes. It's gonna be released later this year, I think. So I this deserves a better reception than it probably got because I think it's one of the absolutely best Primark novels. Ooh. It's really good. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish the book that's uh, that's currently on my on my reading list and get straight on to that. Yeah, like most uh, Primark novels, it's a short one at like six or seven hours or something like that. It's not a big slog, and it's really old school rogue trader. Like it's it's basically Mortarion and Death Guard forcing compliance on the homeworld of Judge Dredd. It's, I like it. Yeah, it's the order. Uh, and they are corrupt and bad, not because they worship the dwarf or have an army of psychers or something ultra bad. They do have like a bunch of psychers stored away in a cupboard somewhere, but it's, they're not. <laughs> That's not the big issue. No, no, they're not really corrupted. It's it's more like soil and green. They're, ah. it's, it's, they're just really good at being and keeping people drugged and uh, uh, under wraps. And Mortarion is like coming in as the freedom fighter, doing his thing, and like these guys are too bad. We can't leave any record of them standing. And it's, it, yeah, there's no good guys in this story. <laughs> and it's very much a story of the rest of the Primarchs. It is like Horus and Sanguinius, and even some some moments where you looked back and everyone is like sad <laughs> the emperor was so sad when he looked at me and i never understood why i just told him what needed to be done 
and he cried a little. <laughs> now Horace is here with Sanguinius, and they are looking at me like sad little pups, and they feel sorry for me, and I don't see why. I'm just doing what everyone should realize needs to be done. And they were like, this, these mountains of corpses, and you are forcing the people <laughs> to count them. And he's like, yes, I'm the good guy. They, they need to do this. <laughs> this was the right thing to do. Yes. Uh, and he's... The funny thing is he, just like Judge Dredd, he is the protagonist. And yes. the, the antagonists are more wrong than him. So it's a, it's a really good story. Uh, you're, you're definitely, uh, like a good I'm Judge Dredd story, you're not going to love him. He's, he's a bastard. <laughs> like He has a fucked up conception of the world. But he's the protagonist of the story, and he deserves it. And he, he like earns his, uh, his first victory in the Great Crusade and nobody else really sees it's it nice. that way <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's it's not uh, it, it's the same old mopey mortarion that we know and love but this is uh, his uh, first big victory in the crusade and it's just as uh, grim dark as you expect it to be and he's misunderstood and yeah fucked up but it's it's a great story well written and i loved it if you love old Judge Dredd and those kind of comics and you're gonna love Which this mashup with uh, the heresy it's it's uh, wrote it? yeah and uh, this is what we talked about when they started to release the primary series that this is the chance to go a little bit uh, off the main road and have some fun yeah. with the characters and just go a bit gonzo with the whole concept it it does nothing to the story of the the heresy more than explaining that Mortarion is a bit mopey, but you can do that in <laughs> 30 seconds. Like <laughs> Yes, we already we already knew that. Yeah, it's like Angron, he's not a deep character. It's more like how do you make this not very deep character interesting? Uh, and it's like, yeah, let's build this really cool story around him and the problems that the Imperium fails to solve. Uh fail yeah. thing. And Mortarion is is actually the one who sees the problems with what the Imperium should become and why they really, really need to go hard against these fascist bureaucrats. <laughs> and nobody sees that problem, despite uh, the, he's the only one who really sees that problem. Uh, uh, he just can't express himself uh, and just mass murders people instead, which makes <laughs> existing in society a bit problematic. Uh, yes. Yes. It would have been interesting. The only thing that could have made it better they had thrown in like curse or someone as his buddy. <laughs> it's like I understand you. I, I see exactly what you did here, yeah. and I approve. You did great, uh, but also you don't need that. You know, nothing. <laughs> you, that point did not need to be made. Uh, everyone can see that he is crazy, and like only curse would <laughs> see the <laughs> the positive side of this. Yeah, when, when you're when the guy on your side is called curse, you're on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a point that needs to be made. Everyone realizes pretty soon that like, oh, this is gonna go, <laughs> this is gonna go bad. <laughs> uh, no, so I can really recommend that, and um, I think though that you have read uh, Echoes. Oh yeah, I finished that one pretty quickly actually. Yeah, oh, it's it's uh, not something you're gonna want to put down. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I can't say uh, that it was a great book. I think it was a very good book, but it felt a bit like a filler, I think. Yeah, it felt filler, but it 
uh, I, I loved it for what it was, which was yes. uh, the book that ties up all the little war stories. In the, yeah, yeah, I like this. that. Hearing about the uh, the people who have been there from the start and haven't gotten closure. Yeah, it was the closure of the whole solar war. Now then, Amnet can do whatever he wants. Yes. The last book, he doesn't have to go back and be like, "We've been following this little soldier for X amount of books." And I'm, I'm I think that Amnet could have done a great job of that. But it's more like now we're gonna have two books that can go in any direction tell any kind of story about the heresy yeah this whole solar war story that it's very much the horror of war which has been done a hundred times before and a hundred times better yeah. than the grim dark universe can do so it's not like this is going to be the best story ever it's not unique but it's it's a very well written war book yeah I'd say it's not uh, it's not uh, I don't know the English title, but nothing new on the West Front. Classic First World War. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be like when you when you look back across the Horus Heresy books, you're gonna be like, oh, Echoes, that was one of the greats. But I, I, it feels like it was a very it was a thing that the series needed to uh, to tie off some some loose ends, a lot of loose ends. Yeah, a lot of loose ends and. Uh, the whole theme that's been going through the solar war of like this is the climax of the whole war so the war is going to be in focus and it's going to be pointless and meaningless and why are we here and yeah so another one that i'd really recommend but it's not going to be there's no reason to listen to it if you haven't read at least the solar war stories before yeah yeah but it's, it's required reading if you have if you have read every other book, there's no reason to skip this. It's not bad. It's just that it needs uh, it's need it needs its context to be uh, anything. I think. Yeah, and the context isn't something that's gonna make you want to start a specific legion or anything, because that's not the focus. The focus is on a lot of individual characters. That yeah. Not the focus is more is bad. Yeah. Uh, and it it portrayed that in a in a good way, but it, that's not yeah. what Warhammer does best, despite the grim dark. <laughs> it's it's a, at its best when it puts it in perspective to something else, which I think they're gonna do with Dan Abnett's finale. Oh yeah, because now they can go. I don't know where they're gonna go, which is what I like, and that's what Echoes like closed all the other books. Now, let's see. Where the ending takes us, because I think we're yeah. gonna get a bit different story than we were told in the old books. Like, yeah, there was there were some things that were a, a bit different. Uh, I think uh, I'd love to see how how spoiler alert, but Lord is stuck in the Bab Bastion still. Yeah, I don't know how that is meant to play out in the history books, but for me that was like, yeah, Dorn pretty much does nothing at the end of the siege as far as I remember yeah. anyway so like he can be stuck there until Gilliman shows up for all I care and then yeah, Gilliman but, but, he, but he's, he still teleports to, onto the ventral spirit he's the one that finds Sanguinius Dorn uh, being the, yeah Dorn yeah. They, so, they, they could also go that's just an after construction because we didn't want Dorn to have the story 
in the official history books of being stuck under rubble, but that's <laughs> yeah, what he did for like a month be. until Gilman dug him out, and the lion was like, "You're you suck," and then he got powder mouth and uh, ran off after Quadrado, and no one saw him again. Iron Cage. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the same with uh, Karn. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah, it's a weird story because he's dead <laughs> now. Yeah. And then they. The thing is, the only thing we know after the siege is they have Karn in a stasis field, and they think he's dead. Ah. And he wakes up. Uh, so, yeah. I don't think this is too far off from the real storyline. Uh, the only thing there was, like, he was found under a mountain of Imperial Fists, and he was in the thick of the fighting, and it's like, yeah, he was, up until Dorn bitch-slapped him. Uh, <laughs> then he... I don't think that's what killed him, but, like, Nobody really knows what happens in the war. The histories were written much later. And you thought yeah. he died on the final day of the war, and you were wrong. He died a month earlier. Uh, then he was resurrected in stasis, just like Gilliman, kind of. Uh, when they reached the Eye of Terror or something, because Korn is. Stupid. Because Korn. Because Korn wanted to have fun with him. I don't know. Uh, like. Um, I don't, there might be more differences to the stories for people who know the, all the plot, which I don't. Yeah. But, uh, as we said, there's uh, still two books to go. And, uh, yeah. Uh, do you think that both of them are going to be released uh, this year, or is it just uh, the one? I don't know. I year? haven't checked it out, but I would. Ah, okay. I would uh, think that. One is definitely going to be released before Christmas, and I wouldn't be surprised if the other one is at least on pre-order before that, or something. We'll see, we'll see. Looking forward to it. I'm pretty sure that in six months, the heresy will be concluded, if nothing really Yeah, that, crap that doesn't seem unreasonable. But uh, let's move on to... Uh, Gaming, yes, because we're going to scan this. Yes, That's why we're actually recording we this now. And uh, before we talk about that, what have you been working on hobby-wise? Have you been working on a secret project for Scandus, or <laughs> uh, Not that secret. I thought I was going to do like, oh, I'm going to have 3,000 points of completely new stuff painted and done for Scandus. <laughs> but uh, life uh, finds a way to uh, not do that. Nobody is surprised. Nobody is surprised, uh, not even me. Uh, so I've been I've been doing some larking and stuff because I haven't had like this is the meanest uh, bitch list of them all. I I haven't played enough 2.0 to figure out what to <laughs> really put in there to make it awesome. So I'm just I'm just grabbing some stuff and I'm hoping it works. There's gonna be lots of checker patterns, I hope. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's the only thing I paint nowadays, regardless if it's uh, 40k or uh, heresy or fantasy, it's, it's going to be some checker patterns. Yeah. So I, there might be a side project in the battle board I've seen on Instagram. Yeah, I've got some, some landers and there's going to be some, some battle board uh, gaming on Scandus as well. Oh! Late, late at night. Nice. Nice. Is it going to be a mega game? 
Uh, we'll see. We play we play two mega games in our campaign, so I think there's gonna be some some fifteen hundred point battles. Oh, you played too many mega games. Oh, um, how <laughs> how sorry I am for you. Yes, I I love that. So what have you been working on with your Alpha Legion? Yeah, uh, so um, I haven't been doing much uh, modeling or painting wise. We have uh, any Marines, so I've been talking a lot about my militia. And since militia haven't got any new rules, my seven transports that I printed and <laughs> painted up are not going to see play this year. I'll, I'll just have to wait and see when the militia get yeah. new fun rules. Uh, it's gonna get there eventually. I'm not gonna gripe about it. It's just bad luck that uh, <laughs> I had this whole plan with a tank based militia army. And well, uh, another year. So instead, I decided to build a really simple uh, non Alpharius Alpha Legion 3K list and apply transfers because I have two transfer sheets for my Alpha Legion that I always been going like, someday I'm gonna put transfers on everything and it's be a nice side project and so, yeah. Needed a quick side project and had two, two maybe three months before Scandus to change <laughs> direction and I realized Felicia <laughs> wasn't gonna be out in time. So I was like, yeah, transfers it is. So I've, I've had yes. some uh, some fun putting transfers on my Alpha Legion and uh, it's, it's a great little thing, it really pops an army to put transfers on. Did you, did you get the uh, official uh, Games Workshop or Port World transfers? Yeah, yeah, I got two sheets of the official Port World uh, transfers and they're really good. The only trouble is I have three tactical squads, so I decided to go with the same markers on everyone because they were in three colors one was white, one was silver, and one was green. Yes. And the green really doesn't work on blue. So you only got the, the white and silver one? Yeah, the thing is now I have uh, I wanted to have a way to make to see the difference between my tactical squads and yeah. I still do. It's just that one of the tactical squads has invisible transfers pretty much, which is <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just gonna explain it as a, it's an Alpha Legion trick. You can't see our There's markings. Secret. Yeah, we have secret markings. It's like yeah, there's still bright blue metal. Aha! It's a trick. Gotcha. Uh, no, so that's the only problem. Uh, overall, it's been really fun. It's uh, there's a bit. Uh, it's a bit fiddly to work with uh, transfers sometimes. There's some skill to yeah. it. Especially the big have ones. You, have you been using uh, the, the Microsoft Microset and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, it really helps. And then also Lamian Medium to yeah. take the gloss off the transfer after applying it. To dull yes. it down so it doesn't look like a transfer, but actually <laughs> something painted onto the model. It's, uh, yeah, so that part's fine. It's more the big pieces. To apply them uh, to uh, the not flat surfaces of dreadnoughts. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, not not that easy for someone who's not that great at modeling. My modeling skills... Uh, it, it takes a while to, to find the, 
perfect place to put them in and trying to make them blend. Yeah, yeah, and it's also with uh, the big transfers when you need to move them around and slide them around. I actually managed to break a couple of them. Oh yeah. So yeah. I did that. I put the last transfers on uh, on my. Uh, I think it was yeah my my uh, marines uh, two nights ago, mm -hmm. and then I went downstairs yesterday to to record some fantasy stuff, and I saw that one of my transfers I must have like put my thumb on it well when I moved the monster or something, so it was broken and had like split half of the, half of the shock set. Oh yeah yeah. I had some small things like that uh, as well. If you see it quick enough, you can scrape it off. Uh, yeah, I managed to like wet it and uh, drag it back into place. But if I give it a few more hours, I don't know if it would have been saleable. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's an easy process, but it's not uh, perfect. You can make yeah. mistakes. Mistakes can happen. Yes. I've learned the hard way. Um, so, so that's been my my hobby and uh, my other <laughs> my hobby tip for this uh, episode is obviously not transfers because they're <laughs> harder than they look. But I think people, if you have a mechanical army or if you have knights with lots of onagers, because you need that now lying around and you used to be called a uh, big bag for bringing them in heresy 1.0 now is the time to dig them out because they're not that great anymore so now you can play mechanicum all day and not be bad about it yeah which is great compared to before when everyone hated mechanicum and thought you were a bastard yet to bring them <laughs> yeah they were pretty good before So, in rough terms, what are you actually going to bring to Scandis Jens? And have you had a chance to playtest it? Uh, I haven't had a chance to playtest it. I'm bringing uh, the lion and some, some Deathwing companions riding around in a Land Raider. Oh, and so I have you... some special Terminators riding around in a Spark. <laughs> and I have some Interrupters riding around in a Land Raider Proteus, and some Tac Marines, some Breachers, some uh, Recon Marines, some Scout Marines, uh, a Land Speeder, and a Leviathan. Sounds like a pretty basic list. Is all your infantry mounted in transports? Uh, no, not the uh, Breachers. Uh, only the, uh, the big stuff, like the, the heavy hitters, are mounted. Uh, mm -hmm. The Breachers and the uh, Recon Marines and the Seekers and the, oh sorry, the Recon Marines and the Scout Marines are all on foot. And I tried to make, to find like a Rite of War that I wanted to, but uh, I think that the Star King's list lends itself towards either going hyper-focused on a Rite of War or having no Rite of War and uh, getting to choose uh, all, the, all the good bonuses for your stuff. Yeah, I, I honestly think that's one of the big upsides of 2.0, that Rise of War feels more like something you go all in on for yeah. a focused army more than the bonuses. So I'm 
I, I'm not playing Hydra's Foil anymore for that reason, which I think is a good reason. I, I, I play a balanced Elf Legion army, so... Yeah, going... you, can, you can play a balanced army and not having to be like, you're missing out but not running around the board. Yeah, with that said, both uh, Pride of the Legion and uh, What's the Dreadnought Rite of War called again? Uh, Fury of the Ancients. Fury of the Ancients are kind of broken. <laughs> yes. What they do as a line infantry, which is a bit weird, because the rest of the edition is like, these are the basic line units. Pretty much never changes. Sometimes maybe a special unit gets lined, and then it's like, no, have an entire army with crazy as <laughs> broken line units. And it's like, yeah, yeah get all the players. It did not need that. <laughs> no. No, I think there's some, uh, some more FAQing to do. Games Workshop. Yeah. I mean, um, if, they can, if, if they can put up uh, like a, a SWAT FAQ in, what, a, a week, uh, th they should be able to, to fix this pretty quickly. Yeah, they should. As question is whether they... They, they could, the question is whether they should, or can we as a community fix these issues better, I don't know. At the moment it's fixing the issue by not playing it. I yeah. honestly have bigger issues with weird design choices, such as uh, giving veterans two wounds. Mm, okay, yeah, I, I don't have an, an issue with that really. I, I just find it weird that like most elite infantry still have one wound and for me the reason that terminators got two wounds is not because they are veterans it's because they are in terminator army yeah yeah fair. so fair. The, the difference between a seeker and a veteran should not be whether it has one or two wounds like give them both one wound and then the difference between a veteran and a terminator can be more to the point of like yeah the terminator not only has a two up save, it also has two wounds. So it's, it's just. Uh, that's true, I haven't thought about it like that, but that, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, for me, it feels like in some kind of meeting when they designed this whole thing by a committee, someone was like, Yeah, but isn't the reason that you have two wounds because you have the Crux Terminatas? Which, yeah, and then it became this whole thing where veteran have two wounds, and some veterans yeah. are in Terminator armor, and yeah, I, I just don't agree with that. I'm more like, let it be about the armor, let, let veterans have one wound, like, now we have this difference where certain specialist units in certain armies have two wounds, but others do not, because they might be, oh, they're special breachers, and breachers only have one wound, well, these yeah, are special veterans, veterans and veterans have two yeah. wounds, so your specialist unit is really good because they are based on veterans, but my specialist unit, like headhunters, are based on seekers, so I don't think headhunters have two wounds, I think they have one wound, because they are a specialist seeker unit, and I'm, I'm honestly like, that's, ah, it, it's just weird, it becomes weird. I yeah, I think there's been like a, a few, uh, a few meetings, and then they've compiled a book, and they should have gone over it a few more times. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they have gone over stuff. some things. What are you doing, Jens? Are you throwing uh, water at your models? 
I'm, I'm doing lots of stuff. I'm, I'm taking out the trash. I'm uh, cleaning some mushrooms. I, I'm doing lots of stuff. Sorry for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, what, I don't know what you're doing to the models, but <laughs> this is, does not sound like you're painting them. It's more like... <laughs> no, there's, there's been no bonding. No, there's been mushrooms and the dishes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that explains a lot. <laughs> I was more like, you need to tell me what your painting technique is because it sounds like you're throwing stuff away, which you were. <laughs> Don't you just uh, throw your models in paint in, and hope some of it sticks? Yeah, yeah, just shake it all around and yeah, that's how you get a paint scheme. Yeah, so very much designed by committee, uh, kind of feeling, but uh, what I think they got right was the overall feel that he wanted to communicate and I think both of our armies speak to that. That I've, oh, yeah. I've always been playing my Elfleet army based off free cant boxes because it's an Elfleet army based off buying free cant boxes. So I played with what I got and there was more contenders in those boxes than anyone needed for a 3k army especially without the Primark, so it's like, yeah, too many Contemptors, and now it's like, yeah, but Contemptors aren't bad. You you, you will happily play with a, a Contemptor per thousand or, points. Or three, yeah. And I think that's, like, Contemptors are too good, but for my kind of army, um, at least I don't feel punished for bringing a Contemptor per thousand points, and I don't feel punished for playing with uh, basic Cataphracti or playing with Seekers or even destroyers. My saboteur is still interesting. My vigilator has never been great, but it's not worse than before. Yeah, lots of. Oh, the vigilator is vigilator is great now. So. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's more that my army isn't built to make perfect use of him because I don't have weaker marines. But yeah, yeah, I can. I think a lot more people are going to play the Vigilators uh, than just me. So they're, they're Yeah, and I, I agree that they've, they've made, as you said, at least our armies. My, my Dark Angels have always been, I don't know, the, the, the stuff that I want to play. And the good thing with Dark Angels is that if you want to play a certain style of army, you can make that work in a pretty, pretty useful way. If you want to bring all infantry, Great, there's a right of war for that. If you want to bring bring destroyers, there's a right of war for that. Yeah, and I think there's lots of stuff to do. The theme of heresy has always been all the legions can do everything, and people have always been like, yeah, but why should you do it with this legion? And the feeling that yeah. there are reasons to play every legion a certain way. They might not be the best at it, but you can do it. It's more pronounced now, actually. I, I think you can. Bring a mixed balance force with most legions and have a good time. So I agree. And because I wanted to bring the discussion to that next point, that do you feel that there's going to be more hyper-focused armies that goes with rights of war and does a certain theme really well, or do you think it's going to be more balanced, take on all comers lists and? Not as much a discussion about power level at Scandus, but what, what are people going to go for theme-wise? I, I don't really know. I haven't seen that much stuff. I've, I've seen some battle reports and uh, I played like two or three uh, test games, not uh, knowing 
Oops, but I, uh, as I see it, there's going to be, I think the core of each army is going to be pretty much the same, uh, as you can't get the easy access to, to line, mm -hmm. except for in certain rights of war. So if you're always going to have your, your, I mean, maybe favorite fists, you're going to take a, a breacher squad instead of, instead of a tactical squad or two. But I think it's going to be a tactical squad or two, some maybe a dreadnought and maybe a rhino, and that's that's like maybe a thousand points of every army are going to be basically the same. Yeah, I, I think that's the, that's more up to what people have built now and a perception thing because I think the spoilers and assault marines are going to get more popular as time goes by. Yeah, if they release some some jump packs or. Yeah, and Recon Marines, I think, uh, is going to be quite popular as uh, line choices. Yeah. But as you say, I think people are still going to bring like a tactical squad or two. Might be in a Rhino, might be in the Apothecaries, might be a big blob. But also some Recon Marines. But I think, as we'll see at Scandas, but I hope as time goes by that more armies are gonna go like the Vladimir route, where it's like, no, I have one tactical squad and two assault marine squads. That's my troops. Yeah. And the more plastic releases we have, uh, the ease of that happening is gonna be more profound. I think when they release like plastic in the spoiler kits and jump pack upgrades, we're gonna see uh, a shift. Yeah. Yeah, the thing there is also recon marines are really easy to convert, but at the moment you have to, yeah, you have to work pretty hard to bring the spoilers and assault marines if you don't yeah. already have them. Uh, and sadly, I don't think a lot of heresy players have that many assault marines unless you are playing certain legions. I don't think imperial fists have. I know imperial fist players with loads of assault marines, but I don't think most imperial fist players have invested in twenty assault marines. That's true. But I think this edition, they can and should. And uh, at our recent event, we had uh, Iron Warriors bringing 20 Assault Marines for 2 KA, which was. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And th it's a much better option now. Precisely because of the yeah, line. Because yeah, it feels like a lot of more stuff is actually viable from the, from the basic. You don't have to push your your own special units as much. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, but that's you and me, and maybe not going for for the sucker punch army building wise. Yes, I still think that uh, certain specialists, dare I say, overpowered units. Though they might not be specialist units, but more things like ten. Last cannons, heavy support marines. It's gonna be widely prevalent. Probably, yes. And that is also why Recon Marines are so popular, because the only answer to, to those guys and their reactions they bring is uh, pinning, which is a big thing. Yeah, uh, they are very good. And then uh, you get another. Another kind of meta. But before we leave the whole Scandus point and our force in it, I had 
Uh, one other thought beside the whole what kind of armies and feel of game we're gonna see, and I think we're both building for and hoping to see a pretty balanced meta with lots of uh, take on camera armies as the focus. And uh, we, we are probably gonna be wrong, but I think you <laughs> can go to a big event uh, like Scandas with lots of players and bring a uh, take on all commerce list and it might be like my Alpha Legion which is 3k based on free camp boxes or with some slight conversions like my destroyers is converted and they are, have always been the worst unit in my army so they're not there <laughs> they're not there to do stuff they're there to look good and die horribly uh, while your Dark Angels is a similar theme but more like you have some checker pattern tanks that you want to put really awesome sword fighting units in and then a little bit of everything else that the Dark Angels Legion can do, which is yeah. so very different because you have a Primark and everything, but still a very much take on all comers feel. You, you're not doing any weird combos with Lionel Johnson and the Dreadwing. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing with the stuff that I have and seeing what works and what, what doesn't work. I, yeah. I, I have literally no idea. You're throwing Deathwing bodyguards into the face of bad guys. That's the plan. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stuff with swords. Yeah. And like it it depends what you're. Yeah. We we'll see. I'm pretty sure the days will teach us all we need to know about how to break the game and throw out more pinning than anyone needs to see. And then they will solve the whole pinning meta next time by bringing all the tanks and it's the circle of life all over again. Um, the, the circle of scandals. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've, I'm not bringing a good army, so I'm hoping to match up against uh, common crap and just have fun. Yeah, I've got uh, at least uh, three uh, grudge matches planned, so I don't know if I'm going to have time to do... Uh, <laughs> you're not really do, there... Do the whole scandal thing. You're not really there to do scandals, you're just there to grudge people uh, with Battle of War games? Uh, the Battle of War games are going to be of Dark Slave and of Counter. Ah, I see. Well, then you have a lot of, lot of uh, gaming to do. Yes. And there's going to be some fantasy games as well at night. So I, I am, I am, my schedule is fully packed. Ah, I can see that. Well, uh, but you said you had played some games because we have an extra hour on this episode with me talking to Jukke about games I have played at local events up north, but we haven't talked at all about your games and your experience of 2.0, Jens. Mm, yeah, I, I played, uh, let's see, it's going to be, I played one game with the playtest rules and then two games using the actual rulebook. Which and is a surprising difference, I would say, as an Alpha Legion player, because my entire rule set changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine was pretty much the same uh, all the way through. Yeah, yeah. and but broken shit like Iron Hands obviously was never looked at by DW. They were fine. <laughs> never changed that. Having, having played those games, uh, there was uh, like 20% gaming and 80% of a uh, man reads book yeah. going on, trying to figure everything out. Uh, but what I've learned is that, I mean, the, the, the stuff that works well, uh, I played them 
game with the lion and two games without the lion. But when he got into combat with stuff, he went through it like a, a hot tyrannic uh, great sword through butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if I've seen that as much in 1.0. I felt like the assault stuff that was good was really good. And then the shooting stuff that was good at shooting was really good. So I feel like every... It, it, 2.0 lends itself to more extremes. There's no reason to do some light shooting. If you're, if you're going to go with the heavy support squad with that cannons, take 10 of them. Otherwise, they're not going to do that much. But 10 of the guys with the last cannon, they're going to do all the work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I felt similarly, but also that there is more of a, for this reason this is a weird thing that's happened I hope to be incorrect when it comes to reactions and how powerful it is and how much focus is going to be put on Death Star units like you are throwing Deathwing and the Primarch into people and just smashing them aside which you always did to be honest, you did that in 1.0 as well when you brought a Primark with the, a bodyguard. Yeah. Like, the 20 Assault Marines would not stand up to that. But with reactions of stuff you can do, unless you're a very specific re- legion, war leaders, there is no reaction that allows you to charge in your opponent's face. So your super fight unit needs to be focused on with shooting. And your super shooting unit needs to, let's be honest, either be ignored or shot at by something that can take its shooting shoot better. Yeah. Um, mostly, like, that is pointless to shoot back at and might even be able to take it. Like, there's nothing that can take 10 last cannons, so then shoot it with stuff like the rhinos. Like, you're gonna waste a reaction shooting a rhino? No. So, the rhino can fire at your. 10 last cannons because if you waste your reaction then the rest of my army can shoot at you kind of deal. It's a, yeah. um, it's it's not as bad as I imagine it would be to be honest. No, it, it could have been worse. I feel like uh, with the FAQ making return fire a bit weird. Oh, let's not go there. There are, no. there are currently but, like three ways to play this game, all based on that reaction and how you play it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure most people that care about rules and they are, how they are written is not going to play it the way I want to play it, which is just go with the, it. The, the normal, yeah. We both shoot at each other at the same time. Let's not discuss semantics. And yeah. DW went all in on semantics on this one. And, yes. and not in a good way. Not in a but good way. I, yeah, but I feel like reactions uh, take the game into an interesting place where uh, you have to be present and... <laughs> I don't know, you have, you have to be alert in your opponent's face to, for turns to do your reactions. Yeah. And I feel like that is a good thing for the game, but I, I also think, think like... I mean, I, I could just go drink beers and uh, have a look at the other table while we do your stuff. Yeah, it, it's a bit weird because if you want more interactivity, I can 
give you examples of games with alternating activations that do that really yes. well. And if you don't want alternating activations, then you want a game where you can take a break in your opponent's turn. Yeah. So the, but I do think yeah. that playing against uh, I guess a friend or someone who is as as uh, competitive as I am, you're gonna be like, hey Linus, uh, while you were drinking beers, I shot at your unit here, or I moved this unit here. Do you want to do your reaction now that you're back from drinking beers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, ooh, yeah. I've been completely fine with doing it that way. You, all of my games, and I think most people, even as is just gonna be new enough that you're just like, oh. Now it's the end of my movement phase. Do you want to react to any of my movements? Uh, I did them yeah. all at the same time. I just chopped all my tanks up and eh, just react. You want to back something up, run forward, do it. Yeah. In the it's shooting not, phase, it's, not it's more like, yeah, now I'm shooting at you here. You want to react to that? That might, the shooting reactions is the big ones. And to be honest, the big mistake with reactions is in how easily it turns off deep strike and uh, outflank. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit scared. I, I got my Vanityus squeeze my Scout Marines into into my list because I have them painted, but they they are kind of sucky, and I really want to outflank them. No, you don't. <laughs> I know. I, I do want to, but I really don't want to. No, no, it, it requires very specific setup, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I deep struck my land speeder just to act like firing magnet, and it did, and it died. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, oh, no, maybe I, <laughs> no, no the, there's nothing else that deep strikes. Like, if it's, and that's maybe not a bad thing, that I've always played my uh, Alpha Legion kind of, uh, like the kind of army that has a lot of tricks up its sleeves and does a lot of dirty tricks. And now it's more like, no, you, you don't want to use scout like that. You don't want to use saboteurs like that. You don't. It's more deploy everything on the board, scout some things up, maybe get a first turn shooting off. Uh, it's not worth coming in with 10 plasmas from outflank. You're just going to get shot off the board before you get to do anything. Or maybe not. Depends on the matchup. Sometimes you can do it. Uh, but. Uh, I don't mind the game telling me to be more straightforward because I'm not that, I don't care that much anyway. But on the other hand, the game still has a lot of other feel bad things waiting to happen. I don't think any, I know a lot of people have got their tank blown up by my saboteur with his little bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's always been a fun story and no one's been really upset about it. No one's ever gonna be upset by the new saboteur, but I think <laughs> this far, a hundred percent of my games have been won by a saboteur standing on an objective, just denying, and you can't shoot it. And if you want to charge him, he's two more inches away because he's Alpha Legion. So yeah, and and honestly, that is much worse game design, where it's like, yeah, you pay sixty points just to have an invisible guy denying objectives. That's what he does. Yes, that's what he does. And then turn three, he charges something like a tactical squad in your backline and hopes to roll well and make them run away. Maybe. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't saboteur things anymore. It feels like. 
his saboteur, he does saboteur things better, but in a way that is much worse for you, where it's, it's all about objectives. And I'm going to saboteur your scoring, unless it's endgame scoring, because it's not going to live till the end of the game. But if you're not playing endgame scoring, uh, he is like, he reigns supreme. And I played okay. quite a lot of those scenarios. And otherwise, you can always join him if you're playing with destroy, uh, not uh, uh, seekers or headhunters. Yes. You can join them and he punishes his chief. Uh, he has shroud bombs as well, so he brings some stuff to the table. But uh, the whole standing in front of the army on an objective to the right of the enemy, and charge, they can charge him, but then they charge the guy who's really close to my terminator unit, so I can charge you back. And mm. Yeah. A lot of... The, the saboteur has worked really well for me, and my alpha leader rule has worked quite well for me, but it's also the worst designed rule ever written. <laughs> it's a bit clunky, right? No, no, no. It's more like it, the special rule designed that guy. Ah. Because we play with night fighting on a two-up if I want it. Yeah. And then you can only see me if I'm moving 24, right? Yeah. So we'll have a couple of bears. It's the second game of Scandas. You've had seven or eight bears. <laughs> I told you that my guys are two more inches away. You don't remember, yeah, that. I don't remember that. Yeah. So after your movement phase, all your guys are 23 inches away from me. Ready to unleash hell. And then it's the shooting phase. Uh, uh, uh. Mm, yeah. So it's like if you ever get anything out of it, it's in mo 60, 70% of the cases because you're being that guy and you're like, you know, it's night fighting. You need to be 21 inches away from me, not 23 inches. Just, yeah. Uh, I see. Yeah. And I'm going to need to tell you that because we're at Scandals for drinking beer. You're going to forget it yeah. every turn. So if I'm not telling you, you're gonna lose a lot of shots, and yeah, uh, with charges I'm fine with it, uh, but with shooting it had that feeling, especially with night fighting and how it works now. It's everyone sets up their carries also cannon dreadnoughts 23 inches away. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird ruling that you can be that guy and win or not, and then it does nothing. I was better. I was more fine with. Alpha Legion having the special rule that my first action every turn can't be reacted to. Oh, yeah. That sounds... Uh, was that the old uh, thing? Yeah, that was a playtest rule. And it oh, was okay. probably a bit too good, to be honest, because that meant I... Uh, yeah, well, the reactions are pretty powerful, but it, it feels like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, reactions are, it's easy to make reactions slightly too powerful, is my yeah. my feeling, and with certain kinds of units, and I think it's fine with assault and movement reactions and everything around that. It's mostly the shooting reactions that are too good, and I think, yeah. I think that GW is not going to be able to fix it, and I'm pretty sure that the rest of the community are going to come to the same feeling that I have, where it's like all the shooting reactions are done with half DPS. That seems better than uh, how it is now, at least, I think. Yeah, like, you can shoot back with your 10 blast cannon guys at 
like the last gun guys, but at least it's my shooting phase. My advantage is I hit on full ballistic skill on a two up. Yeah. You have ballistic skill With five, so a half of it, like four up. But at least we don't, you don't kill as much as I do in my yeah. turn. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a good uh, a good way to actually. Yeah, and if you're a basic human, you hit on a five up with reactions. Yeah. Something like that. A six up snapshots is too far, I would say, because then it's useless. Then it's just fishing for sixes, but it needs to be toned down. Uh, and that's one way I th came to me, because all the other reactions are fine. Moving four or five inches. Eh. Yeah. It's making charges longer. That's fine. But it, it's the whole like. You come in from deep strike, my plasma squad on the board gets to shoot your deep strikers as you come down. Yeah. And if someone is stupid enough to shoot with my plasma guns, they shoot again. Yeah. And then if you're stupid enough to charge them and they are like five guys left, they shoot a third time in your yeah, turn. Yeah, I would like to shoot shoot or and assault your plasma gun guys because they are very powerful. So I would like to get rid of them at least. Yeah, and like you're playing in a soak army, so. But it, it also brings um, a certain kind of balance to the force feeling that going all in on one aspect of the game isn't necessarily the way to go because then if people just don't shoot at your last cannons, so you are just as good as 10 last cannons everywhere, which isn't yeah. very good to be honest. It's like 10 guys with last cannons, they're going to shoot me every turn, they can kill Rhinos. They can do lots of damage to dreadnoughts. Let them do that, and then I will kill the rest of your army. Yeah. So, I, to be honest, I haven't been as overwhelmed by reactions as I thought I would be, especially from the shooting ones. But they, they are strong on paper, and they have made deep strike and things like that really weird <laughs> to try to do. And that's another thing. And last cannons and AP2 are a bit overpowered, while other stuff like missile launchers now are completely useless, sadly, because <laughs> they don't do anything against dreadnoughts. Or they do. I, I did shoot yeah. a lot of dreadnoughts at my latest event, and they did get lucky and did a wound per turn for dreadnoughts, which was like fine. Yeah, it, it's something, but it's not. Uh, it, it should be better. Yeah, just let me feel good about them. Give them breach five plus. That's all I want. Yeah. They don't need thunder. They don't need breach three up or something like breach five up. They can get lucky and get two or three or maybe even four AP two hits on a dreadnought on a good day, and that's gonna be feel good. But not yeah. AP three is. As it's always been. Uh, there's less need for AP2, I feel. I think Breach is a great rule. But True, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's uh, have, ma Making everything rending is not the solution. Breach is a very good middle ground. Yeah, yeah. They did make the weird rending, breaching. Come on, you don't need both rules. <laughs> just, just go for one. I, I can see why you want both, because you don't want... Rending is slightly more powerful because it works against vehicles as well, but yeah. just let it go. Come on, let the game be slightly unbalanced and let breaching even be... They, they should have deleted rending 
and just pass reach it. There's no okay. there's no need for carries as on cannons that ran. Because Rand means they are good against vehicles as well as troops. So well, I, I don't agree. I think Randing has its uh, has its place. Yeah, yeah, I'm more from a design perspective. Make the game yeah. simpler. Why why require people to know the fine print difference between Rending and breaching? Because it works the same way as long as a vehicle is not involved. That is true. That is true. It's. Uh it has some some slight differences, but maybe not enough to make it truly. No, no and I, I think I would be fine with most breaching units, such as plasma, being rending as well. Mm, yeah, why not? I mean, if it worked in a way that wasn't completely broken, then you would get a D three extra rend on vehicles on any four plus. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah, a bit another revision. In the rule scheme, thank you very much. Uh, and you could solve this uh, better than I could. Like I don't, I don't want to have to solve your game for you, but uh, we already had to do it with uh, Fury of the Ancients and Pride of the Legion, and um, we might see the same kind of thing with shooting reactions down the line if it gets too much and with pinning, to be honest, because. I think at Scandas people are going to realize how fun it is to face three to four Rika Marine units plus a sorcerer throwing out, pinning with minus three. Yeah, and a, and a ventilator sniping yeah. out all his characters. Yeah. Uh, so lots of sniping, lots of pinning, and I played that game once against Raven Guard, but that was Fiend Raven Guard army with Mordefan doing their Mordefan thing, and it was like, I'm fine with a single squad of Mordefan pinning me. And sniping me. If that is the theme of your world eaters army, where you have 500 points of pinning and then 1500 to 2500 points, depending on the point size of smashy guys charging at you, yeah, it's a bit of it's it's not the same game. It's a bit weird. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but pinning has uh, has great opportunities to make leadership. Uh, Matter again, and uh, I don't know. Have you had uh, what's your feeling on the leadership after playing a couple of games? Uh, I, I feel like, uh, as you say, it makes uh, it, it makes leadership matter again. Yeah, having to have having slightly lower leadership values, it's not a bad thing. It's not slightly, I would say, it's massive. <laughs> yeah, true, but it's, it still feels like it actually does something when uh, when you get shot with the pinning weapon or something. Yeah. It's not, boom, once in a while I might actually bait one of these. It's like, oh, this is 50-50. Yeah, I think they might have gone a bit overboard with uh, lowering marine leadership, or most leadership, but yeah, I, I, I'm fine with leadership mattering. The problem is that a lot of pinning weapons now also reduce leadership, making it really yeah. a die clip where it's like, I have a 40% chance to not be pinned if those uh, Rika Marines shoot at me. Unless you have expensive characters making yeah. the leadership go up. But yeah, it's. Um, Vixilias are no longer a thing. Well, they are, but it's not uh, the same thing. No, it's a useless thing. I'm sad I'm throwing points at <laughs> to be honest. Really? 
I think they're pretty uh, useful, at least. I think they're useful as well, but not in my 10-man Alpha Legion squads. They... No, maybe in a 20-man Assault Squad or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not playing the kind of army that would need Vixilias anymore, but I I'm fine with them nerfing it because it was really good, um, to be honest. But yeah, I, yeah. It, it used to be the thing that made Tactical Marines great. Now it's uh, other things that make Tactical Marines great, so I, I'm fine with that. They have been really good in all the games I've played. The, the new Fury of the Legion is awesome, being one of the few line units is awesome, and uh, when I do remember it, Heart of the Legion is ooh, hard to beat. Yeah. That uh, six up in you know, a pain, uh, but yeah, that that's what I think is going to be a real pain, is when you face Iron Hands. With a four up team of pain on an objective. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard to get monster, but uh, being a loyalist, that's not my problem. Yeah, it's gonna be my problem, sadly. <laughs> but yeah, you can always pin them uh, with your knife lord uh, scout snipers. Yes, that's uh, that's true. Which would have been a great army if you had any kind of. Uh, Scoring units. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, when they get uh, line or or scout units, that's uh, that's when I'm gonna be the happiest. Yeah, weird weird decision that giving veterans and terminators line is not problematic, but giving scout marine line with a right of war. Yeah, not, not even far. in the recon marine right of war, it's uh, it's gonna be happening. It's uh, it's very weird. Yeah, that uh, I think. There's quite a few choices like that, which is easy fixes to the game that uh, yeah. the community might make if you want to see the recon right of war for someone that has, what's it, 20 at least scouts you have for the Night Lords? Mm, yeah, I, I've repurposed them now, but I think it was like 20 scouts or something, maybe, maybe 25. Yeah, and, and you would be happy to play them if they have line. Guessing. Yes. Yes. They have shroud bombs. They can scout onto objectives, and then you can have terror squads standing behind them in a ruin and be like, "Yeah, you can kill my line units, but then I'm gonna kill you." And yeah. Because yeah, it, I, it I, was I, never I, about winning. I'm just here to <laughs> slaughter you <laughs> mercilessly. I'm just, I'm just here to do dumb shit. Exactly. No. Uh, so I think that might be. Um, more of a discussion going forward with uh, what we want to see, but I think if you play Heresy 2.0 casually with friends, you're gonna have more fun just smashing fake old commerce lists into each other most of the time. Yeah. And Dreadnoughts are gonna feel slightly overpowered, but unless you're playing Fury of the Ancients, they are not scoring so. You can walk with it, and everyone has at least two contenders, I think. So yeah, it balances out. It's nice. I think that having played uh, the the old uh, Dark Angel rules with the um, where it felt like you can take this right of war, and it's basically you you can use the same army that you have. It's just a different guy in charge. It feels like that works for. Uh, not only Dark Angels now, but every army. It feels like you have this this core of tactical marines or assault marines or 
the spoilers or whatever you have as line groups, and then you add other stuff onto it. You, you can't just have your cool special units and be just running expensive stuff and hope to win games based on objectives. You have to have line groups, you have to have tactical units, you have to have the basic stuff to be able to, to play the game effectively. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see the point of that, uh, but it, I would like it to be a slightly bit more modular and not be as all-in. Yeah. I think everyone wants to remove both Pride of Religion and Heroes of the Ancients, but include more things like if you are, say, a Recon company, then if you bring Recon Marines, uh, no, if you are a Scout company with new rules, yeah. then you're first two units, those, uh, what you call it, the first two choices that, that you have to bring in troops. Yeah, the compulsory troops. Yeah, the compulsory troops. Those are line if they are scouts. Yes. And I'd, I'd be fine with going the same way with Pride of the Legion uh, and say like, yeah, you can bring two units of either veterans or terminators as compulsory yeah. troops and those are line because that's the theme of your army. You can't bring like six, six units of five terminators and they are all yeah. score line. Like no. And the same with Fury of the Ancients. You can bring and that's the problem with Venos <laughs> is the talents. Like you yeah. can bring two single contenders as line units. Yeah. Uh, because those you will need to keep alive. If you can bring six it's uh, Nobody cares. That, that's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good argument. Yeah, it's it's like all these. What I what I after not not even half a dozen games feel like massive design mistakes are still small enough that with a slight house rule, me and my mates could play with the exact same rules and go like, yeah, yeah, you can play. Yeah, this is Legion at three K, but you only get line on two of your terminators slash veterans and everyone will be like yeah. fine fine yeah my compel compulsory get uh, line and not the rest and it's it's fixed it's nobody's gonna be upset about that it's still a great right of war but yeah let's go with it so it's it's a g really good game um overall but it's uh, sadly not as finished as one would but that's always the case yeah, with GW. Yeah, and we're, we're pretty used to that by now, having to uh, house rules and stuff for it to to be the kind of game that we want to play. And I do like that it feels like the community is always pretty much on board on what needs to be done and what needs to be changed. And there's not that much discussion on... I mean, yeah, we should change Pride of the Legion to be this, I think. 95% of the community would be like, yes, this is good, let's do it that way. Yeah, and if... I'm, I'm not gonna throw out any solutions to pinning or sucky powers here because I haven't faced it or thought about it that much, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's not gonna be like an underlying design of the game is broken. It's more gonna be like, no, let's just make these uh, rifles cost more. Let's make psychic powers slightly less powerful, and yeah, yeah, it's all fine. We can live with it. It's yeah, it's it's nudging that is needed. Uh, I think yes, 
And it's not even nudging, like you said, with the squats in 40k, the Voltan that needed like point changes for every unit and a massive nerf to a special rule. It's not like, no, no, no. I think everyone is fine with them not having boons. Yeah. It's, uh, they, they probably need a points adjustment because they get a lot of boons and a lot of armor save and a lot of invul saves and a lot of, a lot of defensive power for their points which can be a bit problematic because they are quite decent offensively as well. So hmm, maybe nudge them slightly upwards in points and we're fine. That's it. Yeah. You, you don't need to go overboard. Everyone, and that's always been the strength of heresy, which is also like the downside of heresy, that it, it can get a bit samey if there's only one build that is too good, but since everyone is building on the Legion rules. Yeah, they, they, yeah it, everyone is actually the same. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing with Contemptors. It looks really bad on paper, but even White Scars is like, yeah, I can bring a Dreadnought or two. They can run alongside yeah. the rest of the guys. It's, it's a fast army with one or two Dreadnoughts, and if the other guy brings one or two more Dreadnoughts than you, it's not that broken. Like, Dreadnoughts no. are not... Um, unkillable and you can't win a game against them like leviathans are super good but they are also super expensive so yeah it's, yeah they can get bogged down if you're, if you're unlucky yeah they can get bogged down they can roll horribly on their saves there's eventually they will go down to enough shit thrown into them that's the it usually works out. Uh, the bad things are when you don't feel like you get to play the game. And that's where reactions and pinning and stuff like that can be a bigger problem, I think, than Dreadnoughts being slightly too good. Yeah. Because I, I really hope massive pinning capacity is not the name of the game in 2.0. Because all we get then is everyone being in Rhinos, and then your pinning does nothing. Yeah. And they're still really cheap vehicles. But, uh, yeah, and this <laughs> brings us to, to the final point, which I think we've already been talking about for quite a while with uh, the tools from other boxes and the whole reaction discussion. And I think everyone probably is on the same letter here that uh, it can be really powerful, but it very much depends on what kind of unit you apply the reaction to and it's mostly the shooting reactions that are slightly too yeah. powerful and it's very much about the feel bad thing in the game that it needed the game needed something to make deep strike and outflank slightly less powerful because there's a lot of scenarios where you score at the end of the game and then outflank and deep strike is not a flaw it's actually positive for you to not be yeah. on the table. Uh, just like putting your rhinos with second marines in reserve in the same scenario, where it's like, yeah, you can also kill my rhino when it comes onto the board, but that doesn't kill the 10 guys inside, which is the scoring unit. So, ooh, fucking ooh. Uh, and in that case, you don't really care if someone kills your rhino coming onto the board turn two or three with a scoring unit inside whose only purpose is to score points. 
But yeah, they're, they're just going to sit on objectives. Yeah, when you're playing an assault army and you want to come in with your really cool Blood Angel units and not have one out of two or three units completely shot off the board by a massive last cannon unit in the movement phase. Yeah, that's gonna create a field spam. And yeah. It's it removes your interactivity from the game. Whereas like I don't get to play my game. It's if I understand the point that you want to make my opponent more interactive with me, but you remove my interaction when I get shot at when I move my units from deep strike, I get shot at when I assault and when, when I, I assault you at full ballistic skill as well. And then if I'm happy, like one out of three I have three units, one gets shot when I land, one gets shot when I charge, and the third one gets to charge in this turn and molested, which is fine, but it's hmm. And the only way around it is to play with lots of pinning and pin yeah. you so you don't get to interact with me. And it's like, oh, so you're playing a game of nobody gets to interact with anyone. Or, or trying to destroy the other person's interaction. Yeah, we're not trying to kill each other. We're trying to kill the way we interact with each other, which is a really, really boring game to play. And I think that is the game you should play if you want to win games of 2.0 really badly. Yeah. And that's really, really bad feels. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like it, the kind of game that I want to play. I mean, I, I do like that the reactives let you do something. Uh, and it hasn't been that much of an issue when I've uh, been playing my games. No, for me neither. But, yeah, but I feel like it could be if you're some kinds of environments it could be a problem but i don't think i would find myself in those environments that often no no i as i said i think your army and mine army aren't really built to take advantage or even misadvantage of this very much <laughs> you have a death star with your primark but that is not so susceptible to these kind of tricks uh, as well because you're in a vehicle, you have a Primark, you're fearless yeah. and so on. So I think there's a way to play around it. Uh, so my hope is that I, I just see a lot of shadows on the walls and it's more my perception making them bigger than they are. But I'm, I'm also a bit afraid that I'm gonna play one or two games of scammers where I'm any good unit in my army gets pinned for most of the game, and any unit that can do damage is immediately destroyed by 10 last counts at range. <laughs> well, we can solve at least uh, that, a, a bit of that issue with you playing at least one game against me, and then we will not have that problem for at least one game. Yeah, because you're a loyalist, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, because then I can fill your quota of uh, four grudge games. That's really good because I, I was just thinking that the only problem with that setup is to making your general agree to you getting all your four grudge matches. 
and the perfect solution is, I of course, <laughs> you are the general and you are the lion, and uh, you have decided that this entire battle will be decided by killing these Alpha Legionnaires. Yes. Yes. Uh, fuck everyone else. I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most important bit, and I'm doing that bit myself. Yes, and I am not using my slave demon to help me in any way or capacity. Stop lying. Let, let's not talk about the slave demon. That's the classified. Exactly. Uh, let's focus on me winning and uh, everything else being uh, of no importance. Uh, I did not unleash curse on your planet to wreak havoc. It was. Uh, I, I, did, I did not phosphate bomb your planet. I simply dropped drop pods, which phosphate hit them onto your planet. Yes, on my count. Yes, and it was all Conrad's uh, fault because he <laughs> escaped from my death trap at the wrong opportunity uh, that I created by means we shall not discuss. It, it, it has nothing to do with my ego and me having to kill him personally. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. I don't have an ego. I do not have an ego. Uh, I'm too good to have an ego. He has a big, pretty massive ego. Yeah, no, that, that's going to be uh, perfect, I think. Uh, it's going to be a, a slaughter fest, to be honest. Yeah. But. Uh, I am uh, rejoicing in one thing in this edition, and that is mm -hmm. the complete and utter removal of uh, anti-melt attack from the universe. Yes, yes. I think uh, having played uh, some some bad of war now since uh, we're using the fifth edition rulebook, mm -hmm. and you see pretty quickly how many crutches you've gotten over the last couple of editions, and in, in heresy where you can add like, oh, my sword, we can have a two-up save. That's great, I'm going to add that. Uh, that's a good no, uh, no. anti-melt I am completely with you there. I think that uh, the Age of Darkness rulebook applied onto uh, like a 5th edition mindset where you remove all the crutches is probably the way it was meant to be played. Yeah. Where I, I, I think my army is filled with lots of crack missiles that will do Jack all, but I also have, I think it's hmm, five Seekers with common Melta, a Multi Melta, and a Primaris Melta on a Dreadnought, and without protection, that could kill like a Land Raider and a Spartan. Oh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's some dangerous stuff, actually. Yeah, that's and actually dangerous in 2.0, yeah. whereas in yeah. first edition, it was like, no, my Spartan is going to ignore that. Yeah, you maybe are gonna glance it on sixes, but good luck, boy. Yeah, but five seekers with common melt is like no. If I go first, that's that's a problem. Yeah, that's dangerous for me. Yeah, and there's gonna be an angry Primarch jumping out, but if I can make him jump out one turn earlier, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not something you're gonna complain about. No, no, no. Yeah, I, li I like I like them removing some crutches. That's why I feel like. Added some more crutches with the uh, the uh, librarian being pretty good. If you only use this one psychic discipline and pinning being so very good, it feels like they've moved a few of the crutches around. Yeah. yeah. But they removed the stuff that you were leaning on. To be honest, I think it's it's more a question of the ESTX community need to be 
a bit on top of things and be the ones realizing what are the crutches that yeah. you might need to kick away. Because I think everyone who played during fifth edition agreed that it was the best version of the game ever created, as still is. But it was all destroyed by Grey Knights being too good. Yeah, and which, I, which is a problem you can fix in two seconds by just not playing Grey Knights. Yeah, and I feel like using the the Valdez Codex, there is stuff in that Codex that is very very powerful. And as you said, you solve that by not taking that. Yeah, you you can very easily go like this is a bit too good. Let's not go overboard. And I think I I liked. Uh, how people have uh, approached 2.0 with Pride of the Legion and Fury of the Ancients. Like, no, I don't want to yeah. win by doing this. It's too obvious. And if, if people start playing balanced infantry armies, then it's like, well, then you could just win by pinning. And that's not fun. Or bringing a quite cheap librarian who can pin most things. And it's like, no. Oh, let's not go there. Let's just, yeah. As you said, Blood Angels were like top dogs in fifth edition before Grey Knights were released because it was a very close combat focused meta. Yeah. Uh, and if you just remove Grey Knights, aren't Blood Angels on top? It's like, mm, yeah, but then you could just remove or like nerf yourself by not bringing the free broken things they have. Or slightly adjust some things. It's that's yeah. always GW is kind of blind to these things. With oh, space wolves get free. They get bolters they can use as pistols in close combat. Was an old thing. It's like they yeah. don't pay points for that. It's oh, easily sweet. fixable by just making them pay a point or two for that. So they are. Yeah, maybe as I said, just one point for it. It's probably going to be enough to make it be less impactful. Yeah, it, you make make the changes you think are needed to have a, a great game. And it might be like, yeah, dreadnoughts are good, everyone can bring dreadnoughts. Don't bring too many dreadnoughts. Yeah, don't bring five. Yeah. And it also depends on what you're playing. Like, if, if you're scout, marine, night lords, only have two scoring units of scouts, I think it's fine bringing three contenders at 2,000 points. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. The time will tell if, uh, if the recon marine meta is uh, gonna continue to be. Strong. I don't, I don't. Yeah, exactly. We will see. But it's yeah. more like that. If the rest of my army is good, then I don't need all these crutches. It's more yeah. being honest with yourself and having a good, fun game. And points are rarely. Points are impossible to get right, to be honest. And I think everyone knows that. Um, GW more than anyone else. So it's, it's all about w trying to make the kind of army you want to see on a tabletop be the one that the points tell you to take. And I think they've done a good yeah. job. And contemptors are one of the things that should be slightly under-costed in heresy because everyone wants to see a dreadnought or two on the table. And now you do. Yeah. It's, it's more that if you see four, you're facing a big bang. <laughs> so that's why you only have three, right? That's why you only have three, and what 
why the fourth one is uh, Castaferro. Oh, okay. Which is badly misspelled in the legendary oh, <laughs> release yeah. as well. Because, uh, or I am stupid and the Castra Ferro is a dreadnought chassis that I did not know exist because I thought it was a Castaferro. Hmm. I don't maybe, know. Maybe uh, the, the Forge World and Gearbox team doesn't have uh, the best uh, track record of proofreading things. No, no, they obviously don't spell things the same way, I think. Um, so I don't know what it is, but nowadays it's not a Castaferro dreadnought chassis, it's a Castra Ferro hmm. dreadnought chassis. And it's it's um, it's a bit cheaper, and it's really slow to be honest. That's the big drawback. Having one less. Is movement, it movement six? Yeah, it's movement six and initiative two, which is quite big. Yeah, that uh, could be an issue. Yeah, when you try to run with it, people laugh, and it was. <laughs> that's honestly, I've always brought it because it looks funny and it has no knees, and now. The having no knees stuff is a game mechanic, and uh, yeah, of course you can't run if you have no knees. Yeah, yeah. So everybody laughs at the poor box knot. Uh, <laughs> so no, and it's fine. You pay like 25, 30 less points for something that is much, much worse. But yeah, since the regular contemporary is slightly overpowered, that guy is, is, he's quite fine. Yeah, it can be fine. He's fine. To be honest, he is fine for 150 points with his uh, 83 flamer. He is yeah. he's doing good, even outside of Somertalis. He has five wounds, so just start shooting at him. No, he, yeah, he's, it's six wounds. Oh, or is it even seven on a conductor? I can't remember. Mm, I can't remember. I think it's six wounds. Mm. Yeah, it's six, it's seven on the Leviathan, six on the Contemptor, five on the Castafera, and four on the Mechanicum Robot. That's the, uh, which is actually really fine by scale. That's the amount of wounds they should have. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really mad at least. the fact that Reynolds got a two-up save. But yeah, that's enough. Beside the point. <laughs> yeah. But, um... We will have a great grudge match at Scandas and hopefully oh, yeah. live to uh, tell the tale. And uh, the last time I brought uh, the arch heretic of Sana himself and he actually turned the game around. So we'll see if uh, it's, it's your turn to bring a really broken, unique character in the lion and have him actually do something. Bones. My scout marines are going to outperform. Yeah. Okay. All you need to do is outflank them. <laughs> I will do that and I will win. Win by doing stupid Yeah, that I think that is going to be the theme of our game. It's going to be the one game where I outflank everything I can and deep strike everything I can and you do the same and the hilarity will ensue. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Yes. So, see you at Scandis. Weekend, Alinas. See you at Scandis. Yeah, bye-bye. Oh, welcome Joachim from uh, the Obscure YouTube project. You have your own podcast now, right? Yeah, that's right. 
and thank you for inviting me to this rambling. Very improvised uh, <laughs> recording. Well, but I thought we were going to talk uh, not only about the second edition of Horus Heresy that's been released this year, but also the Tales of Heresy project that uh, I've been doing on my own in Heresy 1.0 up until the end when we started uh, doing a group project and did a pretty big event at uh, Central Hotel in Nuno at the beginning of the year. So uh, might as well do a short catch-up on how we celebrated the end of Heresy 1st Edition and then work our way through our experience of Horus Heresy 2nd Edition because we've been playing a couple of games actually and some have been more armies than others. Well, we started out the the end of the of the beginning <laughs> uh, with booking a venue that was a conference, a big conference room in the hotel. So we had sleep, good sleep conditions, a bar, and good gaming conditions as well. Um, and there we did tales three, right? Yep, I think it was the third event. And we played 2,500 points, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. And we did it. Uh, and we, of course, Corona came in the way and we had to postpone. Yeah, yeah. so it was postponed we and we, it was chaos and everything sucked in the entire world for like one and a half years. But we managed to get some good gaming in there for a short while. There was a lull in the local COVID like, restrictions and everything. And it wasn't that bad later in the year. So we postponed it for two months, managed to do it, and got... How many players were we? 12? 14? Oh, 16. We 16. had 20 booked, but we had some drop-offs when we changed the date, which is not strange, not really natural, because well, people had other stuff to do. So I expected uh, 2016 showed up and that was really good because we only had players from the north of Sweden, which was really yeah. fun. So if we managed to get some people from further away, we could easily grow to 30 person this year uh, or beginning of next year, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. But what was the general layout and experience of the event in like two minutes or less, Jukke? Right. Uh, the general experience was that we tried to keep it in what we call the Corellis sector. Of course, a fan-made sector where we have battles during the year and try to end it or start the year, whatever you want, with a big battle. Uh, so we had restrictions that we didn't want any Lords of War this year, just to try out to not get this full head-on everything you got. So big armies, but no loads of war. Uh, and I think everyone had fun. It sounded like it. It was uh, 15 bearded men and one without beard that just <laughs> smashed each other for, for two days. Uh, had a great dinner. Uh, and great people just, just playing. And we had some, some from, uh, I think they were from uh, Western Orland. That would be like 
up to 30, 300 kilometers from south of us. <laughs> I've traveled up. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, I mean, nice armies, everything done and dusted, and yeah, just great games. Good paint jobs. And yeah, yeah, and the traitors won. Uh, As expected, uh, we even uh, finished with. Now, War of Lies is still in second edition. We didn't know that at the time, so but it felt like a, a fitting end to uh, edition and the plague and everything when we had, I think it was the, the, uh, the Sons of Horus that tabled their opponent on the second turn in War of Lies and still lost the game due to yeah. <laughs> buttons blowing up and getting negative point values. Everyone laughed. Everyone had a good time. Even the guy who got tabled. That's that. That was my feeling of the event. Yeah. Uh, so we have. Uh, I think, and, and the venue can take more, which you said that we were going to talk about later. But we have a big, good venue. So. Yeah, it's a great venue, and of course, it's in the same space as the. Hotel itself, so it's really uh, uh, easy if you travel for the event to uh, to stay at the same yeah. place, and we could fit many more tables and many more players in that conference area. So no problem going to more players, and we had lots of uh, space left. So uh, felt like a really good farewell to first edition of Horus Heresy. I got to play my Alpha Legion. I got to beat the shit out of uh, Patrick's White Scars. We even played one of the Shondex missions uh, over the poop for that one. It was surprisingly good, actually, really close up until the end. I think I like overwatched his uh, Vigilator when he tried to charge my tacticals in turn five on a central objective kind of game. Really, really close. Came down to the last drakes just punching each other in the face uh, after plasmas and the bikes had completely slaughtered each other. So yeah, perfect game of uh, heresy in my mind. Um, but then later in the year, we, due to Corona, I, uh, I, I'm blaming Corona, but I'm, I've just been really busy with my hobby. But uh, there had been a big lull in releases from Forgeworld and general heresy engagement from the community but then uh, second edition was uh, announced and released pretty darn quickly yeah that was kind of a surprise we didn't even know it when we had the event no. uh, then the rumors started well the rumors have always been there but now the rumors really start kicking in and all of a sudden there's a big bad box yeah and you sign up pretty quickly for at least one new army Oh, perhaps. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, uh, a lot of us got really excited. Uh, uh, the new box. Uh, the, yep. Without knowing much of anything of the rules. Uh, most people got a box, I did not. I was quite skeptical. Uh, not so much for the rules or even the models. It's more that I, by accident, showed my girlfriend how much plastic is in our basement uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah right. 
uh, there, there might be an issue there <laughs> with me bringing more plastic home. And honestly, I have thousands and thousands of points of uh, wall meters that I get to build for my my black shields. So yeah, I don't need more plastic. But uh, people started building new armies. People started reading the rules, and then you took the initiative and organized a kind of bear hammer event one day here at your own place. We put up some tents, had some beers, and had four tables. Played fifteen hundred points, or was it two thousand? I think it was. I don't know, fifteen hundred, two thousand. Because when they announced it, hell, four point oh. I immediately announced that we're going to have a bear hammer barbecue, yeah. which we did in the middle of the summer, and it was a blast. We had a party tent, great weather, good beer, good burgers. Yeah, and I think we can send it up by me not remembering exactly how many points I or anyone else brought. <laughs> it was great games. Uh, could have been 7050, could have been 1500, could have been 2000 points. I don't know. I think uh, I remembered doing reactions maybe half of the turns of any given game uh, but yeah had a great yeah, time it, it, was a, it, it was a lot of uh, plowing the books and misinterpreting rules that was in 1.0 that aren't in, in 2.01 yeah all yeah. that shit but we had a we had pretty low expectations on ourselves we were just trying to learn the rules having a good time focusing on your excellent burgers and drinking beers, which was a, a good plan. But we did learn quite a lot, so I thought we should talk about that, not so much the games in themselves, because I think everyone cheated like three times every turn, just by yeah. chance and misplaced things. But uh, in my experience, uh, since my Arthurian army is basically three calc boxes, I do have three contemptors. And I brought them, and they did very, very well. Most games, two of them died out of three, but that meant the rest of my army was pretty much unscathed because killing two contemptors takes a lot of work in this edition. Yeah, and everyone was trying to find out what this is my legion, how do I play this, what should I bring, and, and maybe not so. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it, It's good. It's focused. Focus. It still is a really good army, uh, untouched from 1.0. Yeah, a lot of people brought like the things they hoped were fun, like here's my Leviathan, yeah. here's my creatures. You brought some snipey Raven Guard. Yeah, and no one knew what was good or not, so it was very much a white dwarf battle report kind of game where you, you never know who brought the broken stuff. And yeah, uh, so. It, the balance wasn't the point of it. The balance was just having great no. games and trying shit out. But uh, yeah. pretty soon people were saying like Dreadnoughts are really good overall. Contemptors are quite cheap. Leviathans have always been good. They are still very good. Uh, bit pricey, but they're worth it. So Dreadnoughts yeah. is like centerpieces of the edition. I would say so, yeah. But you had uh, quite good success, not in our game, because uh, there was a, an incident with a immobilized Rhino turn one, and things didn't quite go your way with the sniping in no. our game and the deep striking, but uh, both deep striking and uh, sniper squads seem to have a, a glow up. 
a new edition. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Snipers Club, you had some shenanigans with your, what do you call it, your, your stealthy HQ that you can't fight, but you need to. Mm, my uh, saboteur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, he kind of destroyed my, my plan and, and I couldn't handle him at all. And that just threw up my whole center in our game. Yeah, yeah, but in my second game, uh, I played against the uh, Sons of Horus, and Malgohurst was the warlord. And when he when he entered the board, the snipers just shot him to death. First turn, like warlord death, and that was kind of an eye opener for for Nemesis Bolters. Mm. Yeah, the problem in our uh, game was uh, that my vigilator and the plasma squad was in reserve for most of the game, so you sniped some Sargans and some Vexillas in my tactical squads, which I didn't really care about, I got lucky with my pinging checks, you can't even shoot at my Serpator, he's just going around waving to people, saying he's a Raven Guard, so yeah, yeah. you didn't impress me with the snipers because you have no good targets for them, but as soon as you get a good target and they are still there and get to react or have a turn of shooting, they can do some good work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of fun with the game. I mean, Sons of Horus, I completely crushed with just doing the Raven Guard shenanigans towards that army. But against yours, I couldn't handle your your shenanigans. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of shenanigans. Uh, and uh, People had to learn it. Uh, I think Nora and his fists learned in his first game against me that the Leviathan shouldn't be behind creatures. He should be in front of them, like just yeah. smashing people. And the breachers really shouldn't be afraid of anything, not in a Imperial Fist army with the right characters. You just march up the board and ask the question, can you deal with this shit? And most yeah. of the time they can't. So I, I noticed the second game, he did just that, like Leviathan, you take one flank, big squad of breachers, you take the other flank, and turn three, there wasn't anything in front of them anymore, because he just walked yeah. over it. So you, you need to learn to play to your strengths, and you can still play to the elite units, uh, not the Death Stars, but you know what I mean, like 20 breachers with a good character, yeah. like kind, not, not a broken Death Star, but it's going to be real hard to deal with for most things. Yeah, and, and every Legion has their strengths and their weaknesses, or weaknesses, but they have their strengths where they can put pressure on the other guy, you have to do this to get me off the objective, or... Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the game, they, they, they really did a good blow-up on the game. Yeah, I think they changed a lot of not very interesting things from the last edition, first edition, to this edition. Like snipers have never been super interesting and now I, they are really defining the game. And I was very disappointed with my saboteur because I've always used him as a terror weapon. Coming in, forcing a penetrating hit on a Leviathan or your Spartan or, Spartan or something. Yeah, like we had a hilarious game. Against Hassas Imperial Fist back in the day, where the saboteur immobilized the uh, Rogel's uh, Spartan, so we had to jump out and uh, chase Alpharius around the board. It's like Ben Hill kind of game. 
super fun. <laughs> but that's not what a saboteur does anymore. He doesn't really do damage. But if he's on his own, he can just walk up to an objective and you have to charge him. Otherwise, you can't interact with him, you can't shoot him. So that can fuck up a lot of plans for people. Surprisingly, a surprising amount of battle plans can go to shite because of that, I realized. Like in our game. Yeah, especially when you when you take the objective that someone has, like a shooter unit, like snipers or missile launcher or something that wants to shoot you. Yeah, yeah. And you just walk up and say, "Yeah, I have to charge me." Like I don't want to, I, I I don't want to expend my my recons or my uh, my heavies to to charge you. Yeah, it looks you. really bad on paper, but in reality. If you can set up that kind of situation where your saboteur just walks up to your snipers or your uh, support heavy support choices, and you have <laughs> you have to make some really hard choices, or you might even not be able to do that. Like your tank can't get rid of him; it just has to sit around. I'm gonna deny the objective, and when I feel it's the right moment, he's gonna run up and shoot his combi melter into something. Or charge something with a little dagger or melt a bomb right. and he's not gonna do great damage but he's gonna be a huge nuisance for his points uh, which is surprisingly both fun and workable and that's a lot of the, the changes and we learned very quickly that leadership plays a major role in Harry Sinatra that it did not in yeah. first edition like I was used to my tactical squads with Vixilias just staying around most games. They they yeah. had to make some really hard pinning checks against you and I got really lucky that I wasn't pinned most of the game because uh, if you get snipers, if you get pinning, if you got any way to force morale on people, even with sergeants yeah. left alive, it's still just leadership eight, not nine. No rerolls. Yeah, we, we've also seen in, in this edition a, a revival of psychers. Uh, yeah, and in our local meta, people have barely begun to experiment with that. We've seen it on paper, and it's on the level that some of it is a bit too good, like pinning with minus three overall. That sounds yeah. harsh. That's a hard one. Yeah. yeah, and you can take the the. I think it's. I don't remember which one that it was, but there is a psyche that can give. If you put him in a habit squad, they get. Uh, what is it? Sniper on five up. Yeah. So they have some some really good combinations that I can use. Yeah. So so after this event, people got a bit excited about second edition and started thinking about what armies they could make. How could you play your former armies in the new edition? What needed to change? And I think I was because I really late to get into the books and the rules and I am pretty much done with my Alpha Legion so I decided well Dreadnoughts is the new thing in second edition I played an infantry army with Dreadnoughts from day one there's no need to change the saboteur has a different role uh, missiles are decent in this edition against everything that is not a Dreadnought but Dreadnoughts are yeah centerpieces so they might not be the best, but yep. I'm going to play them anyway. So my, my army is slightly better than it was before. It was like a 5 out of 10. Now it's a 6 out of 10, the Alpha Legion overall, I would say. It's not 
nobody's gonna come and say it's broken, but a lot of people have lost games against it, so it can win games uh, on points, especially. So I decided to just put uh, transfers on it because I had to help read in transfer sheets and wait for rules for Mechanicum, for Custos, for Knights, for Black Shields, or for Militia, all my other 30k armies. Still, most of them still don't have rules. But a lot of the other guys, uh, you started building new armies or changing up your army. So, what did you start doing and what have you been working on hobby wise for like six, seven miles now since the second edition was released? They, they released that, uh, uh, the Raven Guard Terminator unit. That was really something special. The, the ones that trained with Egisterians. Oh, right. Yeah. They, uh, they've done all of these like exemplary battles, which is actually surprisingly well done that you get a bit yeah. of fluff, you get a bit of new rules, and most of it is more hit than miss, which is not what I expect from Forge World. Oh, but uh, yeah, and, and these ones are really, really good for the Raven Guard army. Um, because you get because good lightning claws or something? Well, you can you get lightning claws on Cataphracti, mm -hmm. and the Raven Guards are a bit better than, than the rest. Uh, and you get the deep strike that you can put put out there uh, that really does some damage. Not that are, not that uh, furious are bad in any way, but they tend to be shot to pieces by the opponent. Yeah, we uh, because I, every, everyone knows that they're dangerous. Yeah, we had that moment in our uh, experimentation game uh, after a few beers that they come in, they get yeah. shot a bit, they shot something, it probably dies, and then. The entire army shoots at them, and they are quite expensive. Yeah. So odds are they are gonna die after killing one unit. Yeah. But you you can I play some it. kind of like if it feels like that kind of tactic can either go all in like the Blood Angels on deep striking, or you can go more of an yeah. MSU style, which Raven Guard and Night Lords probably are doing. Am I right? Yes. Well, I'm doing a different Night Lords. I I, I wanted for uh, Scandals. I'm gonna do a different. 3,000 point army because so, I did uh, a project of love. I painted up a glaive. Oh, yeah. Everyone needs a glaive. Which I spent, yeah, everyone needs a glaive. And I spent a lot of time with it. So I really wanted that in the army. Is there any and difference to the glaive in the new edition or is it still a beam weapon just zooming across the board? It's still zooming across the board, but at all super heavies, they have gotten nerfed. But I'm going to use it just because it's a centerpiece. Yeah, it's, an, it's a fun um, centerpiece. It didn't need a nerf. Uh, I think we can all agree. Like, Super Heavies weren't that good if they weren't like an entire knight army. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I wanted that as a centerpiece. And I can't have a Super Heavy in a terror assault, a terror list, terror oh. assault with Night Lords. So then my brain started walking around and we go back to those legion, uh, those uh, rules that came out in PDFs, and you have the Atramentars from Sabatars. Yeah, the, just to uh, catch people up, they probably know this listening to a Heresy podcast, but there yeah. was a big PDF document with all the units that were not in the core traitor loyalist 
medium books and we've played with quite a few of them I would say more than most people in our local meta because I have a box thread that I love dearly so I played with that and we played with some Atromantars and that document is I would say quite good yeah they are and they can be 20 terminators in one unit yeah yeah so the units in there might not be the most point efficient they might more be broken like a regular contemptor but the game is probably just better off because of that they're good but not yeah. broken <laughs> good place to be precisely so i'm doing an almost all terminator army for scandals mm. that so could right be horribly good I'm i would, I would say <laughs> yeah it's it's not going to be broken but it's going to be hard to shift and it's going to be quite fun to play i think yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a few units on the table, and then I'm gonna deep strike the shit out of them, and everyone's gonna want to shoot with their. Yeah. I think it's the kind Broken of army scanners. where most of your games are probably not gonna be very even if you're an objective observer, but both players are gonna have a great time, which is what matters. Yeah. Like it's gonna look like a crazy game where I, as your opponent, might have the upper hand, and then you deep strike in. And can I deal with this crazy Pro 20 Terminators in your face plan? Maybe I can, maybe I can't. But it's it's not going to be over turn 2. It's going to be over like turn 4 when someone is yeah. cleaning up. And it's going to be a great game. And there's going to be like a story to tell. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do 20 Terminators in one unit. That's just, I want to build it. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. That's crazy. That's 910 points in Terminators. Approximately, if you kit them somehow. But I'm gonna do a lot of units, so it's like one, two, three, four, four, four terminate units. And Savatar with his bodyguard and some, some uh, reconnaissance for it, just to keep people pinned if yeah. I can. Yeah, um, that's. I've, I've won, <laughs> won the Hagvarian with Jens and his uh, sniping scouts, so I. I can see that plan working. Um, nobody has ever been upset when they lose to Night Lords. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> and and the thing is that I started building and painting a Psyker long time ago, like a couple of years ago. I think oh, so you did it I... before they were broken, like me and my contemptors. I only got them yeah. in my calf boxes. So now I have three of them, and I have to play them every game because I have three contemptors. It's not my fault. Yes, of course. No, but I, I did him and I wanted him to, to look night lordish. So I think it's a good conversion from Ariman. Mm. Uh, with with a, uh, like the old world wizard guy. And I really like the models. I want to include him as well. Uh, just to do the aesthetic of the army. Yeah. But, but and now it's also quite broken. So yeah, yeah, yeah. quite good. The whole lot. Psychic powers thing is uh, a bit like the dreadnoughts that they made it easier and quite good, no matter if it's yeah. psychic powers or something like it, like cyberpur with for mechanicum. It's one of their really good rules. Uh, not that they are super good overall, but uh, before we move on to what we did with tails recently and what we're gonna do for the rest of the year. I just wanted to catch up with like the overall 
movement of the matter and a lot of people starting new armies through second edition because I didn't but it felt like a lot of people got a serious injection of heresy into their hobby with the release a lot of people got the Age of Darkness box and started painting the, the new Corvus Marines and found out the kit was great and that is a great way to start an army because you get Spartan, you get a Contemptor, you get some basic Marines, everything you need in a box. So it felt like a lot yeah, of people start new projects. Well, the thing is, the, the Raven Guard army I have is Mark, Mark three and Mark four. I shouldn't have done that. Now I have to. I don't have to, but I could redo a lot of them just to get the correct mark. I mean, I, I, I like to dabble with several projects, as everyone knows. I can't finish one, really. Uh, so that's my gig. Hobby HDHD is yeah. kind of a thing for most of us, to be honest. No, but it, um, I slightly or massively underestimated how good the new kit was and how much energy it would give people. So a lot of people started building new armies and there was a real momentum for getting a heresy scene going. So this autumn you decided to do a series of smaller Tales event leading up to us doing Tales of Heresy again in the beginning of next year. Gonna rent the conference area of a local hotel and it's gonna be there great getaway for a weekend uh, if you want to come to the north of Sweden and play some heresy but to engage more local players uh, you have a plan what's the what's the plan Mika? yeah the plan was I wanted to include people just at the beginning like this came early summer paint it up and do some nice gaming uh, so we did this small event now with thousand points no 1750 yeah. uh, 1750 one day just to get people into what are we doing it was heresy uh, and we started out with our usual planet that the traitors held and now the loyalists wanted to take it back for the emperor and uh, the new guys that came was like sort of confused but quite thrilled that we had a map that we played on, like the, a meta map, where we showed out where the battlefields were and how it was going, and yeah. that we didn't have a tournament. Thrilled confusion like, is the best heresy uh, feeling overall, I would say. Like that's when you know you've you've done good when people are excited but slightly confused to what just happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's as good as so, it gets. So it, yeah, so we did that, and the next we're going to do a two thousand points. So we up the score. Yeah, to but just to like, just okay, to uh, just to uh, clarify, so this was a one dayer, not a two yeah. two dayer. Just one day, two games, seventeen fifty, but with all the feeling of uh, what we want a good heresy event to be. So we've stolen the best things from Scanders, from Railtech, from all the nice ideas people have had in the community over the last five or six years or so. Yeah, so we did a bit of a swag that hasn't 
arrived yet. you said one and done with uh, not busy big and fully painted but it was a good way to get new people in and to be like yeah this time just show up learn the game next time finish this some people don't have a lot to finish but they're gonna have to do some work for the next event and some people were like yeah you got base paint on half your army and the rest is bare plastic so you gotta work hard but that's that's your problem so honestly you gotta start somewhere and even if we are all like oh been in this for a long time i've got multiple fully painted armies i think it's a great idea to when you start something new off to not set the bar that high to be honest uh, i think that was a good idea yeah and also in in umeo there is some sort of a, I wouldn't say, but but they have this a lot of gray armies uh, because people want to try stuff. Yeah, but there's also a, a hard sentiment because we have one of Sweden's biggest Warhammer, both Age of Sigmar and 40k tournaments, and that is very hard on the fully painted, which we have a hundred plus yeah. people, and that's like completely fully painted. You need to have battle standard paint job on your entire army so it shifts between nothing is painted or everything is painted which is a bit annoying but I think it fits very well into the heresy <laughs> feel that like the first time you can show up with a bit of bare plastic but game two come on paint, yeah. paint your shit. next time the first one's free as they say yeah the first one's free but uh, the local matter is very open to setting some hard limits on unpainted shit, which is like none of it. <laughs> We're gonna have a hundred people show up with all painted armies. Uh, that's that's how tournaments, big tournaments are done around here. So I, I think it, it's not that we've set a low bar for 30k, it's more like the first one you can show up with your newly bought box, put half of it together, have some fun, learn the game. Now you're into it, play by the rules, clean it up. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, good idea. 
but um, it felt like there was a lot of um, new armies showing up, a lot of uh, close combat armies. You had some close combat Raven Guard, there were some Blood Angels, and there was a lot of word bears for no apparent reason. Yeah, I had three word bear armies out of 12. So yeah. That's, that's a lot. The youth of today are sick, <laughs> is my only answer to that. I don't know what they're doing, but it's wrong. Really fun event. People were excited, and we're gonna do another one day. Yeah. Uh, I have suggestions for two days, but I'm gonna see how it's gonna fly. I don't think so. But no, I think it's a good idea to keep <laughs> the next event at 2000, keep it a one day year, and then for tales at the beginning of next year, do the full event experience. Yeah. And we're building this up as. The loyalists are trying to attack this planet, and we've done a campaign in this mm -hmm. that is based on Betrayal, book two of the Black Series. So we've, we've taken these book five and done some alterations, not much, but a little bit. So we're going to have an escalation up till uh, January sales, where it's going to be 2,500 or 3,000, and it's going to be a blast. So just before... uh, thematic uh, battles with uh, we're gonna try to have uh, what do you call it uh, when you can with your board you can intervene into other boards uh, and do missions and secret missions and <laughs> stupid shit for no reason <laughs> I don't know uh, it's it's gonna be great fun but before we go into the whole uh, end of beginning of next year tales and the big finale for this. I just wanted to catch up with where we started this thing, with how we felt about uh, second edition heresy when we tried it out, just read the roots, had some beers, had some fun. What's your feeling of the overall state of the game and the meta and what kind of armies people are playing and working towards now that you've had an actual event? Uh, anything changed? They made tacticals yeah. great again, they made leadership mean something, and I yeah. think the most important point is that they made Marines the pinnacle of uh, warfare. Yeah, I, I think they really struck the head of, of the nail with, with the line uh, units. Well, you have to have line units, you have to be on objective. If you're on the objective, you're harder to push out if you're a tactical unit. To be honest, I want the army to, to have, in a normal game, I want an army to have tactical units that are the core of the army. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, it's a lot of the same thing, but with minor tweaks that makes a huge difference in the end and completely changes the game to be more of what it has always meant to be. But I'm, I'm yeah. completely subjective on this matter because 
I'm the kind of guy that I'm, I'm super subjective. I've always wanted the game to be about buy three boxes of calf and play that as an army, which I do. And now that is almost slightly broken, mostly due to the dreadnoughts, but also because of line and so on and so forth. Uh, if I only bought 10 last cannons from an army, it would be broken as all hell. But I don't mind. That's what I want to see on the table. Lots of marines and some dreadnoughts. Good game. Yeah, it's, and I mean, the, the funny thing is that you're being consistent in this. You, you've done this army quite early and you played it a lot and you've done it with success in, in uh, 1.0 and now it's like, now it's the door kicker. Yeah, but on, that's the best thing and the worst thing because there's some weird choices to make down the line, to be honest. Like, Iron Hands have always been borderline broken to obviously broken. They, yeah. uh, they're 9 to 11 on a scale from 1 to 10. But yeah, there was... Around there. Yeah, yeah. On how many dreadnoughts they bring. Yeah, and they felt no need at all to change their rules. No need at all. While Alpha Legion went from like, this is a good rule, to another rule that's like, good. And Alpha Legion is a good Legion. Was a good Legion in 1.0, is a good Legion in 2.0. But I think they changed Alpha Legion like three times in playtesting and never thought about Iron Hands, which is like, seriously. <laughs> Those guys couldn't need it on Earth. So I, I, I don't really agree about the focus all the time. Like, uh, But for other parts, which are mostly not to do with the Legion rules, they really hit the head on the nail with the leadership rules, which makes yeah. the legions that you play that have been losers for a long time, like Raven Guard and Night Lords, now actually get to do shit with their special rules and their focus. Yeah, and I, I think that that also has to do with, I mean, a lot of people play Alpha Legion. Not many people play Iron Hand. Uh, isn't it the uh, other way around? <laughs> no, but it must have been a choice. Or, or, I mean, that has to make something up of the playtest. How many people played Alpha Legion? How many played against Iron Man? I think it's more about the feel, to be honest. And I can agree with them on that. that they, I don't think they care that much about balance, to be honest. They're like, Iron Hands might be slightly too good, but the rule... Is it feels right, so we're gonna keep it as it is, even if it's slightly too good because it feels right. While the Alpha Legion rule of infiltrating an entire army is actually slightly too good when you have some missions when you start scoring turn one or two on objectives. So it's like, hmm, nah, nah. Um, the the problem, the the major problem I have there is that my special rule is being an asshole three times per turn when you think you're in yeah. range of me and you're not. And that's, it's, it's very much a feel bad rule. Like most of my games I win because of my Alpha Legion rules and because I'm a dickhead with things like my saboteur. And it's like, yeah, he's on an objective. You can't shoot him, you need to charge him and he's five inches away, which means he's seven inches away. So if you roll a six now, you fail your charge. So my saboteur is still there, 
and you don't get those points and I win the league because it is 65 points or 75 points. Yeah, but I, I, I can also say that if you look where they are looking, I, I think they are looking to shift the meta towards Primark in the army all the time. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely uh, going the Ritz Sigma road. The Iron Hands have a, a slight disadvantage there. So maybe that's also calculated for. I would say it's a major disadvantage because no one is going to allow their Primark out their Istvan. <laughs> because yeah. he's dead. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. So they need a boost. It's, that's fine. I think that's a very good reason to give the Iron Hands slightly better rules than everyone else because yeah. they are slightly more bitter and broken than everyone else. So, yeah, that's fine. And to be honest, I think they've done a pretty good job of bringing up close combat to a more even level with uh, shooting in this edition. Because Blast yeah. and the Alpha Strike armies have been nerfed, I feel, kind of. So it's it's more it's more reactive uh, in a weird way. We'll see how it plays out in the end. But it, overall, I've been happily surprised by actually playing the game and seeing how it plays out. And uh, I, after seeing reactions, I was very much thinking it would all be about big units, massive death stars, making great use out of reactions, and if you shoot at me, you eat 10 last cannons, but you can always just not shoot those 10 last cannons and just win the game on points instead, which I have always been doing with my Alpha Legion. It's like, yeah, shoot tactical marines with last cannons in cover. Have a good day. Even now that cover is 6 up or 5 up in ruins, like those last cannons ain't doing that great against my dreadnoughts and tactical marines. Yep. Yeah, and I think that we we also, I mean, reactions are new. When you play, you forget that there are reactions, and all of a sudden someone reacts and just totally throws your game away, uh, just because you didn't think that he can react on my movement and all that. So but some of the reactions are still in the learning. Yeah, it's a learning game, but I've, I learned, like my last game at the event, I had a good, long, hard thinking about my unique reaction with Alpha Legion, and my second game I really used it when someone targeted my Plasma Squad and just moved them out of all the firing lanes. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the unique reactions are not created equal. To be honest, like Alpha Legion has one of the better ones, and some of them are shit. And it's it's like the Legion rules. And I don't expect balance from GW or Forge World, but they are not. I I would love to see slightly more balance from them. To be honest, they're never gonna get there, but they are they are yeah. very good at it. <laughs> well, the only thing I hope now is that we don't get a quick coding. Stay on this level. Yeah, let's finish on that. Let's finish on that part because I, I wanted your your commentary on that because my feeling has been that uh, they've gone the other way around this edition, and I love it that uh, Mechanicum and Knights and Titans have gotten a huge nerf 
mostly needed in, for Mechanicum and Knights. And they might have gone too hard, but I love seeing a game where Marines are on top of the food chain. What's your perspective? Well, the same. I, I have always been against Mechanicum armies due to the fact that we had two different rule sets. We had the armor value towards toughness. Uh, and now it's more mixed up with the new Dreadnoughts and Leviathans. Oh. And also with a, nerf, with a nerf and, and not so many AP3 guns for the Mechanicum. Dreadnoughts, it, it's more like Dreadnoughts, it's got be the, Dreadnoughts got the Mechanicum rules, but better <laughs> this time around. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to see, I, I think the Mechanicum is when people are, are learning them and seeing what they can do and stuff, I think they're going to come back. And perhaps they're going to come back also more as allies to the Legion, which would be perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But there, there is one major problem there that I learned in my last game against the Dreadwing that won Best Army because there was a special rule that gave his plasma large blasts, and there is nothing I hate more than playing a game of Warhammer where I have to take large blasts into consideration. Yeah, moving all the opponent's models to inches one. Yeah, yeah, that it, it just hurts your soul when it's like, if I don't do this, you're gonna kill three times as many of my models for no reason at all. And so it's like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, it's it's bad, bad game design, sadly. And yeah. they nerfed blasts for a reason because of this, but that's what Mechanicum has. Like my army, all my armies are 1.0. They're mostly built just to look good, but at 2,000 points, it's still, Five, I think, large blasts with AP3 or better coming at you. So if you're a marine player, you need to spread out, or you're gonna lose turn one or two. Just do it or lose. You can't place five terminators in a little group and you can hit them with strength eight AP2, multiple shots. That's what Mechanicum does and what they've always done. The rest of their army, like they're crap in close combat. They don't have reactions unless you jump through several hoops and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of things you can do with snipers to remove a lot of their bonuses, for example. A good round of sniper shooting and the mechanical army is like, we're stupid and have to fire at the closest target and have no reactions. Yeah, but then again, then we get into like the, the, the old Warhammer necromantic army where you just try to sh kill the next monster and I don't know if that's the way we we want to play but yeah I'm, I'm fine with that see a lot of shenanigans later on yeah yeah but I, I think we're all fine with the game not being defined by Mechanicum having broken shit that no one can deal with in the form of monstrous creatures so that's I'm, I'm okay with that and knights were a bit much to deal with but to be honest i'm gonna probably bring them just because they majorly fucked up with the army rules now so i can only play my knights at 2000 points so i might as well try them out at the next tales event and see if they are they are as bad as everyone says something tells me that mm, they might not unless you bring like four contemplars to face them now 
Because so. if you if you bring normal marines, I think knights are just gonna pay to you. As always. Yeah, and and that's also. I mean, uh, now we're in talking broken shit. Uh, I think the fury of the Asians do something that uh, the community should just rule upon them. Yeah, but that's that's always been the the case with heresy that there are some fringe cases that you you're better off not playing with, kind of feeling. But uh, just to to finish off, because we're about to hit the hour mark, what are uh, the goals for this year? You're going to do another one day year at 2000 points with fully painted as standard. And what is the the end goal? You've hinted at it before you give up. Uh, There's a new edition. What, what, What is your vision for the Tales of Heresy besides the like, we're going to do it at a hotel if you travel here. You will be able to play at the same place as your lodging, and like we're, we're lazy old men, but the game has yeah. changed a lot. So has that changed your vision for the event? Well, it somehow think broaden it. I want to include more stuff. Being being uh, able to do a large center table where people fight over the control of that table, and at the same time having tables around interacting with that table. So how many so people should be, play on that table? Uh, now I'm thinking uh, six on each side. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's my vision. I don't know if, if it's doable, but it's going to be some scripted event at that table and it's going to be timed around so that yeah. everyone moves in coherency. Yeah, because we both played this event at Scandus with the wall a couple of years back, and yeah. it, it it wasn't perfect, to be honest. No, it was too many people involved and and too much screaming. I want six concentrated players on the side doing their stuff, and others coming in and making small adjustments to whatever happening, not just bringing in an entire army. Uh, and I think I have an idea that's going to make it visual and fun experience for everyone, uh, even if you're just standing by and watching you know, the like, oh, this looks like a really fun game. Mm-hmm. That's my vision. Yeah, so it's it's a much bigger vision than last year, I would say, with more multiplayer games and a central board and things like that. Sounds interesting. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, you know how it is, you get experience experience from what you're doing and you think how can I up this, how can I go bigger, better, more beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and now we're just gonna try it because the corona was like a big fucking blank on everything. Yeah, yeah, I think most people are coming out of a serious depression uh, after corona to be honest. But, but uh, not to focus on the social aspect but the gaming aspect, do you think the second edition is uh, better for this kind of gaming experience than the last edition? much more versatile. Uh, you don't just like bring this, this is the only thing you can have in your whatever region. Mm. That's the only thing you can have. You can play them much more with bigger, uh, how do you say, differences, bigger difference in, in, in your army. You can build in, in several ways. 
the, the legions do their own fun. things and they do it well and yeah if, if it's sniping from the raven guard and night lords they do sniping well and that has a purpose in the game kind of beating yeah yeah and, and then again like as i said with with the night lords now i'm going terminator heavy with night lords why well because they have detrimentors and they have the uh first company that's a cool thing to build on and you can find much more with other legions as well just build them i mean the destroyer ultramarines and yeah 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 i think they've done a really good job with that i've never been a huge Coilies of the Hydra fan, despite playing it for most first edition, but now in second edition, everyone is beating on them or forcing you to take the same choice for all of the free choices you get from Coils. But I'm like, why not? Like, that would actually mean going all in on a field, uh, it, and it would make a fun army. Like, I don't care that much for effectiveness, and I'm probably not even gonna do it, but if I ever were to do a coils army it would probably be a couple of huge um, uh, yeah like three big galvobak squads starting on the board and the rest of the army is being like oh, we're not corrupted <laughs> and like what's the fucking point <laughs> we realized you were traitors when you Put further Galvorbacks on the line. Yeah, it's a, it's a stupid theme, but uh, it's a fun theme. Um, honestly, that's my overall feeling for second edition is they try to make um, whatever army you want to play from first edition. The first objective is to make it fun. Like here's snipers, they're fun now. Here's psychers, they do shit. Here's the purpose of the game, make make it fun. We want we want to focus on uh, like dreadnoughts and line infantry has always been the basic focus. So they've boosted that shit through the roof. Maybe a bit too much when it comes to dreadnoughts, but I don't mind uh, tactical squads getting a huge boost that uh, everyone forgets about them getting Fiend of Pain close to objectives. But uh, yeah, that that's what the game and, needs. And that's just that's just amazing. But as you said, uh, you can go overboard with with some stuff. But also, I mean, build the army to to fit your theme, to do your thing. That's kind of what I think it should be about. Not just like oh, you have to, as you said, you have to take poison of the Hydra. You have to take three exactly the same. Because they are good. No, no, I don't care. I want the theme. And I think you are. They built a system that rewards building into your theme. Like with my very beautiful, not painted by me, Sana, Dark Mechanicum army. And the most powerful unit in that army, most of the time, is the Myrmidon Secutor, Myrmidon Destructors with the uh, uh, Irad engines. Because Torrent and PP flamers are kind of broken in the marine meta yeah. and that is the unit I'm probably not playing with under 3000 points like at 3500 points I need to bring them but that is the unit I'm not bringing because 
it's a legion's cybernetic army. So I'm focusing on the cybernetic units. And it's it's not that Torrent, Flamers, you have A to B are worse in this edition, but you have always had the choice to stay out of range of them. And I think you have better options to stay out of range of them and deal with them in this edition. So it's like, it, it's, yeah, it, it's making, it's making players play into their theme for a good reason. That it's like, it's better for me to bring another automata unit that I can use Cyberfairy to on. Because I'm Cybernetica and I have Lion Demon from my Castellites and things like that. And play into your strengths, just like with the Saboteur. It's like, I've won pretty much all of my games with my Alpha Legion of the Saboteur, just standing on objectives, being a bastard, and nobody has felt bad about it, because that's the Alpha Legion thing, and it's like, you're a bastard, I thought you were my friend, you were not, uh -huh. let's laugh, and you get three victory points, and now you win the game. Yay! Right. Yeah, but, and, and also, I mean, there are things that you can do that I kind of fit the theme, it's a good quite good. It's quite actually quite good. And if you do it with the theme, it doesn't feel broken maybe. But if you do it without the theme, it feels broken. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I'm gonna uh, the feeling of the game is like if you bring a fluffy themed army and you crush me, nobody's gonna feel bad. Yeah. But for example, you could take a delegatus with a recon squad with Nemesis Bolton. You have snipers, you have the recon, you can, I don't really know if an allied detachment can make you a reroll on, on go first or seize the objective. But if you find out that they can, a Delegatus with a sniper unit would be really cool if they were Alpha Legion for traitors and Raven Guards for loyalists. But I wouldn't like Blood Angels to be allied to Ultramarines just to get the route. Yeah. So if you team it, up, uh, team it up with, like, you have the Alpha Legion because they are the scouting bastards. All right, good. That's fine. I can I can live with that. But if you're doing it for the rules, I don't like it. Yeah. So to sum it up, uh, we've only seen the beginning, but I would give them, like, a three, maybe a four out of five. They've done a surprisingly good job. Yeah, I would say that. I, I, I mean, I like the game, so we also try to look away from the negatives, and, and we're not supposed to just sit here and whine. There are some negatives, but overall, it's become a, it became a better game, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks for the input, and I'll see you at the Tales in the beginning of next year, you get. Yes, uh, well, I mean, if you're not coming in November. Well, well I am, but most of our listeners are probably not. <laughs> yeah, so we hope to see some guys coming up from the south of, south of Sweden just to enjoy, drink beer, and have fun games.